0: Half time. the first the first sentence that I said like if you have fear of failure you will not succeed you must have the guts to fail to succeed
1: subscribe now to the OTB football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB sports app
2: OTB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave
1: or your money back neon night edition available now
3: Welcome to OTV AM. Uh, lads, how are we doing? Well, I was just making the point there, if you start looking for them at 7... We don't need to be talking about they what they are, mean. but if you start looking oh, you for them going? at 7.31... You're, so you're you know, not it's a bit late, there's a over there. Like, looking for mugs, that's...
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. About plenty <laughs> of mugs in here.
3: Aye. There was also an absolutely <laughs> brutal dad joke just before that. It was, was a bad dad joke. Seriously. I think saying there's a delivery was a long hard good. look at yourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you getting on? Very well, Linus. Yeah, we were uh, we've loads to get to and loads come up in the show. Uh, we were having a bit of a debrief before we come on a little earlier. Shannon was talking to Cullum here and he was talking about his excitement uh, all week in any conversation that he's uh, dropped into. I've such respect and admiration for <laughs> this guy. Can I just get that out of the way straight off yeah, the bat? Can I can I just put you that can on record? It. You Shane. Can sense it every Friday, do you know. But I can only be that open and honest and frank with him because I have such respect for him. yeah. yeah I'd exactly. like that to be on the record because I've I've had recent feedback to suggest that there might be a bit of tension between us, and that's. Oh, you're my favorite person. This yeah. feedback from the listeners or from you yeah in the studio at the minute. No,
1: no,
2: that'd be, that'd no, be, no. I'm no oh, not one of my favorites. <laughs> but uh, career, next you know? to me to my left, the favorite. no, no. I, I have great time for you. Anyway,
3: I just want to get that out of the way.
2: I have great time for so you.
3: So that's on the record. I really now, do. Just in yeah. case you know, case it crops up. You're very public. Uh, so we were having a bit of a debrief before we came on air about what we would talk about. There's loads of really interesting yeah. stuff to get into. Uh, Cole week has been trying to shoehorn conversations about the uh, Wimbledon um, oh, into geez. the show, yeah. he, Like, I mean, yeah, I was yeah. in on what day was I? In? Tuesday, Wednesday. You were in on Wednesday, and it was up for discussion then. I'm go- only going to assume that it was up for discussion also on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. And it certainly came up again this morning. Um, and then his excitement that you know a former. Um, Superstar of the game is returning. Not at Wimbledon, my dear. She won't be back until mm. later in the year. But let's shoehorn it into the conversation anyway, in the shape of Carolyn Wozniacki yeah. And uh, it came to a conversation about Rory McIlroy and all this sort of stuff. I don't quite know how it sort of morphed into this, mm. but well, she it, was engaged to him. We ended up no more into the. Mm. We ended up having a conversation about um, fame. And right. how you just, I, I don't think I will be able to cope with the, well it was about Rory McIlroy specifically in a story that Colm had that we can't really go into on air but mm. um, I don't think I'd cope especially well, not that there's any fear of it. Presumably you have to cope with some element of it with the crappy quiz and with your off the ball antics. I'm talking about like superstar fame, right, you know okay. like, like a really uh, well known Gaelic footballer, mm. soccer player, rugby player. Justin Bieber. Music star, whatever you know, like even in an Irish sense of like, I remember when Kevin Caban used to work here, and the odd time you'd gone like, meet him for a pint. It was just a total waste of time. Like, yeah. he seemed he seemed so at ease and good with the whole thing and yeah. nice with people. I could just never be able to be as nice. Well, he no, I couldn't if, with that level. Of, like, if people coming over to you, you'd go for out for a beer with him, and you wouldn't have one conversation with him all night long. Like, yeah, uh, kind of but lost. he was very patient with it. So that's him over on this side. I don't think I'd be anywhere near. I think with that level of attention all the time. As I said, it's not before the YouTube commenters kick in. There's no fear of it. I'm not. That's not what mm. I'm talking about. But I'm just saying that I'd I don't think it, I it's enjoy that. A few, and you, you get down to Cork, maybe everyone's yeah. You get random, You
2: get very random um, acknowledgements, and How for good, yourself too as well. Random, yeah, definitely. How random. good would you
3: be with like much more, ra- with much less random and much more frequent interactions? I know.
2: Well, you're basing so when it happens, you're like, oh, geez, just surprised all the time. Mm. but it's usually grand because it's not really about you they just want to talk about the show yeah so so I suppose if it's really personal to you so if you're in a uh, in a sport where it's just yourself out there like yeah I mean there's no escape then so people are constantly Selfies, coming up to you
3: questions, autographs
2: and probably opinions very
1: strong ones opinions. about your performance yeah
3: well, it's, it's like David I'd Clifford say, was getting escorted off the pitch by
1: Gardaí the other day yeah. after was it was at the Kerry Louth match Right, the game wasn't over, and he was just coming off the pitch uh, just to get in ahead of the, the inevitable. I think you could cope,
3: cope with it on the pitch. It's the I'm down down to the shop buying the bits of groceries, or I'm yeah, out. I'd of say you'd
1: be all right at it.
3: I don't think I would. I think you'd be all right. I think I'd be heavily affected by it. I would. not Oh
2: yeah, I think deep down you'd be miserable, I? but I think outside you'd just put on a brave face. What about and you'd you? Be very nice.
3: If you were like a lead singer in a band or something like that. Yeah, he if, I was, a lead singer, if I was a lead
2: singer in a band, I think he's musical. I'd, yeah, uh, musical. No, I, I like music, that? but I'm not musical. Oh, not? I'd love right. to be musical, but yeah. I like music. If I was, I think if I was a lead singer in a band, I'd live a certain lifestyle that I would be able to deal with it, alright Because you probably really? have a lot of escapism, rock and roll, as yeah. it is, you know. So you'd be like, uh, it'd be probably fine. I suppose it depends on um, if you're not caught in any controversy. I think it'd be fine. I think the day that you'd be caught in a controversy. Whew, now, that's what sort of story. controversy would you be caught up in? Dunno, if it was your pay wasn't mm. correctly published. What made you think of that this week? And then you suddenly then you're like, Well, I can't even go to the shops. Now that becomes problematic. I mm, yeah. don't think if you're a rock Versus, star, you I need think to if, worry if you work in the play. entertainment industry and then you go out and about, usually people are just going to congratulate you
1: and say fair play.
2: I mean, ph
3: philosophy yeah. of like Can like, Alex Turner go to Lidl? Probably not. Like don't you're think famous so. for
1: doing something good. like if you walked on the moon, you're, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, cheers, yeah, I walked on the moon. That's pretty. But I don't think clean. you'd have.
3: I think like if you were if you were a, an inter county superstar like mm. David Clifford, I think you'd be getting more attention. Yeah, tough. Especially All the within time. your own county, All the time. Getting, yeah. Anyway,
1: it wouldn't be easy.
2: Yeah, I mean, like loads of examples. Like Roy, Roy Keane walking around Cork is a disaster for him, but then Brian O'Driscoll in Dublin probably slightly easier because not everyone's going to recognize. it. I would them.
3: say you have to tailor your movements. Like, yeah, I need to go but to the shops, I'm going to time yeah. that run so that there's the least amount of people. Like, everywhere you go... So if I have to go to a meeting at 10 o'clock, I probably want to be able to get there at about a quarter past nine. Yeah. Sure, you would have seen it... I
1: remember we were in a thigh for the Try thigh. I remember we were walking down the main street with Brian O'Driscoll afterwards, I think. Yeah. And, like, you're having a conversation with him, but, like, every two mm-hmm. steps there's someone shouting his name or saying well or looking for a selfie or... But he, he just bats it off so, so easily and calmly it's like Jesus this man is so used to this uh, but it's, it's it's constant Trying to think of the
2: highest one in the sporting capacity it's, it's probably Tiger Woods or Cristiano Ronaldo just forget about it like mm. to the point where you That's probably awful, like. to, to the point where you probably don't have any meaningful relationships at all with people like it's, about, it'd you know, be hard to have buddies like
3: a you know. lot of kids now just aspire as well. for fame they don't really care what it would be but they just have an aspiration for fame yeah, I TikTok couldn't fame. think of anything worse no
2: yeah but I, I suppose in their head it's like everyone loving them all the time Mm. and is getting constant praise but I mean that like humans can't really deal with that like you're not made to deal with constant praise Imagine, and yeah. you're, you need a bit of back and forth to people like there was a documentary about Beckham about 10 years ago when he retired and his one buddy seemed to be a guy that he met in Madrid or maybe in um, New York or something mm. he was kind of a relatively new friend like and then I think they asked him about his childhood friends and he was like oh long since last touched with them all mm. but like the trade off is an incredible life and a legacy yeah. and all that but then it's very I it's so difficult oh, to be so in a WhatsApp it. group with your, your buddies like mm-hmm. out of fear of what might happen what you say like it was someone, s- someone could turn against you and yeah. then you sell the story and then that's the end of you if same, you're at that level
1: I remember when I was at the Crucible the last time I remember I was at the stage door and Ronnie O'Sullivan was coming out and Ronnie has just one mate who follows him everywhere Robbie lovely lad who like literally just carries his cue, gets him away from people, all the rest. But there is such a massive crowd that waits for Ronnie at the stage door of the Crucible every time he's walking out. But these lads come in and out for practice all day. So, like, for three weeks, probably four or five times a day, Ronnie's coming out of that door. People are like, why didn't he stop and, and sign autographs and take uh, out? He's like, he, that's all he, he couldn't do it every time. Yeah. Otherwise you'd be. Owen oh, Hurley here is saying, I'd love to be uh, just a bit
2: famous enough to earn a living in the sci-fi convention scene. Oh, yeah. I always thought, like, being... Um, I think that's a drum nice between the drummer in um, Arctic Monkeys or something would be a. Are great, you two
3: even great? You know I mean? Yeah, be a, yeah. Larry Mullen goes. La- La- Larry, Nobody too much is going. Hey, Larry, Larry could go to see the
2: there. I'd say even I'd say one, 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 no. I'd say playing. one in every ten people would recognize. Yeah, but you probably would, they wouldn't even chat. They just spell like, yet oh, Yeah. Oh look, oh look, who it is? That's good because you get the money, you get the lifestyle, uh. but you can go about your business. Perfect,
3: perfect. Blind boy has it, has it nailed, isn't he? That's, that's well, not really, because there's a good fast few fast pictures time. of him online now. <laughs> so somebody who's been looking. <laughs> why have you type in blind boy Um What are we saying here? Diego says, Greetings from Texas. And then Greg, uh, good morning to you, Diego. How are you getting on? I mean, I presume that it's. Um, I don't it's eight know what hours, the day, would it? Is it? Middle of the night?
2: What is it, Diego Fiber
3: Eight? Uh, Greg Caffrey says, Greetings from Aden. One up, yeah. I'm uh, possibly. Aiden. Aden, it seems, sounds like the name of the place, A-D-E-N. Is that in, jo- is that in Jordan? Am I Not wrong? Clue. Um, Yemen. Yemen, <laughs> Yemen. Yeah. So yeah, if you're uh, wherever it is you're at this morning, then we'd love to hear from you. And uh, welcome along to the show. We have um, loads coming up. Um... What else do we want to talk about? Uh, Gavin Comiskey is reporting that uh, Stephen Kenny. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'll take my... uh, Let's go with that. Alan Quinlan's coming up at uh, 10 Uh, He's going to talk about the... Johnny Sexton news about the disciplinary hearing. He's going to talk about the Under-20 World Cup and the... Uh, Cup of Champions what's it called the Clash of the Champions uh, Munster against Crusaders we'll have uh, Kyle Coney and Sean Sullivan, Tyrone uh, versus Kerry ahead of uh, tomorrow's big game that's coming up at 10 past 8 Paddy Christie will preview WMAO uh, after that we've the Labour Party leader Ivana Bacic in studio uh, just before 9 o'clock this morning uh, to talk about some proposals in relation to the growth of facilities um, and various other areas as well uh, we'll get to that just before nine, and then Shane Murphy is a strength and uh, conditioning coach with Scotland and with Manchester City. And uh, if you're playing any amateur sport at all, um, you'll want to stay tuned for that, because he's going to give you a few shortcuts. Is that what he's going to do?
2: He'll do, um, yeah, he'll do one of two things. Well, no, two or two things. He'll he'll tell you what it's like to coach the um, supreme athletes, the elite ones mm-hmm. of the world, like Jack mm-hmm. Reedus and all that, and then he'll also tell you how to become a better better athlete yourself down the road like whether it's astro, tennis, golf mm. whatever you have in yourself how to be fitter
3: twofold we never got around to that paddle do you know
2: who did get around I to that paddle haven't forgotten about it do you know who did get around to the paddle Jenny Claffey in a big way
3: she's oh, big she into the did, paddle yeah. now well we talked about that the last time she was in you were off at that time she's coming and, in and next I did week. say that we'd, I had asked you to come and play paddle and uh, she was like you know Robert into saying that she come and gives a few uh, hints and tips and stuff. Would you be good at it?
2: I don't know. I've never played. I'd love to play. She doesn't
3: even play tennis. Like I haven't oh. played tennis in
2: a year, one year to this day. Well, I don't. Th- I didn't think you played tennis day. at all. Oh, I did you? Uh, played a good bit of it
1: now for did the I? last yeah. year. Harbour Park.
3: Oh yeah, nice. No, it was so kind of weird there.
1: the way you said to this day. Yeah. Uh, it you
2: you was remember
3: this day, the last
1: day, day a year ago, thirtieth of June. Yeah. 30th of the June St- big name Stephen
3: wow. Kenny has to get two points according to Gavin Comiskey in the Irish Times this morning to uh, secure his future two points against from the France and Holland games later four in the year. points for Philip Quinn yesterday I think in the papers four points fe- feels like not an article you need to print Like that seems no. like just a very obvious point if they could get four points from those two games that would be oh, yeah. crazy level of success would nearly put right the stuff that's gone wrong so far um two points feels like I mean I know we did run France obviously incredibly close yeah. you kind of feel as if that game is a write off I feel that's will be my feeling it's the could we beat the Dutch here mm. will be the thing so so by all accounts that's the way I think the way to look at that is if we can beat Holland here Stephen Kenny stays on
2: do you think if they uh, beat the Dutch 1-0 backs against the Wall job <laughs> last minute header from a corner and get annihilated by France 5-0 do you think he'll keep us? He job the order is so? which
3: France first and then Holland I think he keeps the job if that happens because you've got three points Like, if that's the order if the Dutch game is second uh, yeah, you don't something the in my mind it is then I think that that's what people leave with in mm. the same way as the last window if the Greece game had to come first France first which is first? France is yeah. first so you leave, it, you leave the window on a bit of a high as we did with the last uh, round of games I mean I know it was Gibraltar but at the same time if the Greece result had have been second mm. it leaves a lingering taste you can't realistically expect anything
2: from the France game the Dutch another story but I think people are kind of slightly underrating the Dutch as well like they they had a decent World Cup. they went all the way against Argentina who won it
3: they're a rabble bill
2: they're, they're not uh, compared to their former selves they are yeah but overall they're far better than us
3: um, one point will be very lucky very lucky given what we've seen says Greg uh, hello from Brisbane says Damien Hanley nearly 5pm perfect time for listening in each day geez yeah you forget um, that people are good afternoon to you Damien that's how yeah just <laughs> deep
2: P.W.L. 74, how does Gilroy do it, lads? I don't think he'd stop for an autograph. Yeah,
1: yeah. how would we all
3: ah, compare? Gerald
2: would, yeah. uh, would, would, would stop, wouldn't he?
3: Gerald would, in would revel in it and be very good at it. He'd do the, he'd do he the scribbly wouldn't. He, would, he
2: would absolutely not revel in it. Oh, oh my God, no, he would hate that. that. I, I don't think he'd revel in it. He'd, f- he'd do it, but he'd hate it. Uh, I don't know how dumb I it.
3: Friday's is. all about location, says Terry Kelly, how he is from Antwerp. Wow, we're getting it right.
2: Wow, when you hear Antwerp, you think...
3: Violer, right yeah. John, John O'Shea, yeah. Mm. See, we're all in the same brain. Um, um, Connor Joyce says, uh, uh, "Sorry, uh, Dan Delaney says a high after beating Gibraltar." Seriously, Adrian. I mean, I, I accept your point. I'm just saying it was a higher point than losing to Greece. I mean,
2: yeah. Kenny Fandom and OTB continues regardless. We're just literally saying what's going to happen then. Yeah.
3: Andre Butler the third.
2: Kenny FM. People are just <laughs> saying locations. Andre, Andre so.
3: Butler the third. Now he's in Toronto. Sounds like
1: an NFL player. He's the best of them.
3: And uh, Conor Joyce says, you don't need to worry, lads. They won't get any points from the two games. Like, that is a distinct possibility. And I think that if that were to play out that way, not an entirely unlikely uh, set of events. I love the optimism, Conor. Fair play to you.
2: We have two uh, listeners from Toronto. with Brian Wise as well as another. Regular fan of the show. Mm. There
3: you go. Keep the keep the locations coming in. You yeah. don't need to say anything. You can add in a little bit if you like. We should do that on Fridays. Yeah, we should be like. Well, how where, far can we go? Regular. Hello
2: from Tokyo. Ah, uh, you're making it up now, Robert. But even what Robert, you don't live in Japan.
3: He's sending that from Naknahini. Yeah. yeah, come on now, Robert. Tokyo. <laughs> we, <laughs> we bought <it> a drink. <laughs> Tokyo. Townland uh, and Ross Photo or it didn't happen? Is that what they say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us I, what know, do I don't you can know do that on the YouTube comments, mind you. Yeah. Uh, oh, tweet wow. Says, tweet us a, a photo of Japan. Michael says, morning from D4. I've been known to enjoy a game of tennis in Herbert Park myself. Do you have to be a member there to play? Or no, it's it? class. Hey, as you, go. you just rock up six euro hey, per person.
2: It's brilliant. And the courts are outstanding. Very good, yeah. Great yeah. coffee shop next to it. Great, great day out. Like.
3: Great playground there as well, like a voucher. <laughs> <Any> <laughs> hours, is,
1: is it like snooker where you might spend three or four hours playing it? No, you'd book it for one hour. Book it for an hour. Now,
2: you'd be, be done like after an hour. Unlike snooker in the
3: sense that you'd work up a bit of a sweat. Yeah. It's an actual sport. Snooker's <laughs> 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 <like>. oh, <laughs> a sport lab. Uh, let me tell uh, you. Ah, yeah, I'm not... not uh, sport of Kings. Let's, let's, not, let's not go there. Um, what were we talking about? Two points from the, from the window. Yeah. Uh, it's really, we're talking about three points from the Dutch game.
2: So we're talking I about. think so. I suppose that's my question, yeah. like An annihilation by France, it's not acceptable, but it's understandable. right? I mean, like... So not after the first. We know to think about the France game, right? So if they play a strong eleven and they beat us well, what complaints can we actually have? France against France? No, it's the only Fran- yeah. So you don't even think about the France game. Yeah. This is all about the Dutch game, yeah, isn't it? But I think right. the problem is when people when 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 France hammers, <laughs> people be like, oh, this is typical.
3: I don't think they'll hammer us. I think oh. we've already proven, and we do tend to upper g- the one like I don't. Be he he doesn't get hammered. Positive Peter here, but like. You know, we mm. do tend to up our games against the better teams. I think we have a right chance against the Dutch. You're telling me there's a chance. I am. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Like, we, we, we can do that. We can up our game. If we need everybody fit, I think that is goes without saying. Mm. Um, we'll see, obviously, where players are at in terms of clubs and all. A lot of that stuff playing out at the minute. Um, I, don't give us much of a shake in Paris, but I think that we could beat the Dutch.
2: Yeah, possibly. Love and it, we, we don't have to think about this until September and we have a World Cup in between. So...
3: Now I'm, I'm slightly concerned about asking this next question but I'll ask you anyway from Dan here on YouTube wondering if you're going to Croker on Sunday Colm. I won't even bother asking Shane he's Monhead to the core I would Dan if, if I to source
2: it. a ticket for the Derry game I would absolutely go on Sunday What I do you mean source you know? a ticket? Get a ticket I know but are, they, are
3: they not like I'd to be sold out with it? Oh, I think because it's the double meals after that Yeah Will it be sold out? I think it will. Yeah,
1: I think you'll get one. I think I if, you do, if you really right. want one, you'd get one. I, think you're right.
3: I do want. Yeah. I do really want one. Can okay. you?
1: We, we can sort. We can sort one. Yeah, can we sort one? Can we sort one? Say, can we sort one?
3: Well, can, can you sort one? There. You could probably sort one. Could you? What do you mean sort one? Go on to take a master and buy one? Like no, 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 thing. no. You have, I'd say, connections. There. No, you don't. Like at the lesson of the last week, not oh, told no, you anything. No, no, no. I think you have Don't something. Go and pay for your own stuff. Don't be expecting handouts. It was a fair point actually though that um, the lesson of the last week or a bit more yeah. yeah that like d- let there be no sort of under under the table dodgy sort of carry on. Tickets are available, go and buy a ticket. Again, lads, I feel I like you're hinting at something I, here. I don't
2: need to publish anything about my ticket purchasing or otherwise.
3: I know you don't, but I'm just saying, like, it's a good indicator as to your general behaviour.
1: Johnny brought that up during the week. I never do anything you for free. You two are bickering.
3: For free? News, yeah, i, I mean, take
1: anything for free.
2: But like, what week. are you
3: asking me to start a every ticket week. for
2: Because I think you have tickets. I have no tickets. I think you do, yeah. I've seen your inbox.
3: <laughs> I mean, uh, number one, you no, haven't. Serious. And number two, I don't have tickets. I think you do. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those arguments are just never going to end. It's not an argument, like... No, no. We're not fighting! We're not fighting!
1: No, Johnny Ward made that point during the week and I think it was rightful to make it with John Cleary, the Cork football boss, that the Cork fans don't travel well at all. Like, they had 14,000 in Parky Quive for the Roscommon game. Well, between Cork and Roscommon fans. Um, but he made the point that a lot of the Cork football fans and support is in West Cork. Yeah. So even getting to Cork City is tough and never mind getting up to Dublin, but... I do think a lot of the Cork people living in Dublin should be should, be they to should this rally game. the troops. Shane. Yeah. Derry will be look. there in numbers, and they have equally as far Cork are wearing white. white, so feels
3: very much. Are nice. they? Yeah,
1: every day. Really
2: How'd you know beautiful. that?
3: Because I read it. So dare you go going red. Yeah, we're doing a uh, roadshow in Cork. We are. Yeah, in, in a little while, and there's a major announcement about a guest. Is in there? Warming. Is it it's young? Young?
2: Major. See, I told you. You know, stuff. major. I know. Cork Opera House. You always know more than you lead on. There is an that's inter- there, there's
3: There's an, a major incoming guest announcement is that all you're able to say that's all I'm able to say True. honestly like if you're, you're from Cork team. and you're in any way self-respecting Cork person sporting guest you will want to get yourself to this show I can't say any more any I'm, hints the problem with no, statements
2: like that is say like anymore. Oh, we, I, pass, pass, I, I, sorry, we, we have this massive announcement, but Possibly I can't say two anything.
3: Monster, the two of the biggest, uh, two, by, by two, 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 two of two, the biggest we have names, two huge
2: guests, and I can't say anything. Like this, yeah. this is this. That's tickets available that, now, and a I'm scam. not even that's this, scam's I'm not even scamming. Yeah, if you, if not even scamming. Is,
1: you're saying been. that you're obviously saying monster, which immediately leads me to think two names in particular.
3: Well, I I couldn't be in a position to confirm or deny okay. whatever gets thrown out there.
1: Here, come here. I suggested some names,
2: and they, Roy uh, Keane, I was heard. I heard. There's no, there's no, there's no, no money for that, like.
3: I just, I, I, I mean, we might leave the production call for a slightly separate you uh, forum, but,
2: but you, you uh, I'm just you telling you, there are two, there's two must. huge, Cork guests, uh, 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 and then uh, well, one, thing, one thing, one thing, pay. I will say,
3: one thing I will say, and it's not going to be them. It's not Roy Keane see if it's not Roy Keane
2: and is it, a, is it a regular on the show
3: I can't say any more after that uh,
1: see, I said Roy Keane and Ronald Gara and he said it's not Roy Keane. I mean I'm reading between certain lines here
3: Yeah, I don't, want, I don't want to start giving no no no, no that's of, fine, that's but, fine. But, but I'm just saying that you know keep it uh, watch this space Anyway, what are we talking about? We've loads there. Look. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, we've the short numbers for the Republic of Ireland team uh, for the World Cup. And I was sort of looking at them going, oh, so like, I would just wonder how they come up with the. Are, do the management team sit down and pick their 11 and then go, okay? Because that would, on one level, seem as if it would be the most logical thing to do. Or do they go, goalkeepers, 1, 12, whatever you're having yourself. Uh, defenders, you'll be 2 to 7. Uh, midfielders, you'll be bumping to bum Is that the way they do it, or like, because there must be a temptation to sit down and pick your yeah. It is starting uh, eleven, which, which is not which is not one to eleven. Yeah. is not how it'll appear. Claire O'Rearan's number
1: two, and it's unlikely she'll start.
3: Little John, we won in the 50-50 She's eight. Who,
1: who's name? Save Ireland's Euro twenty sixteen campaign, right? Uh. Yeah. Who are the who are the two or three players that immediately come to your head when you think of that tournament? Robbie Brady, Jeff Hendrick. Um, West Yeah, so the two, you've got two of them there. Bang on. So Robbie Brady and West Ham came to, my, to mind for me. Robbie Brady was wearing 19 for that tournament, and Wes Ham was wearing 20. And was Hendrick so showed,
2: uh, was 13? Was he possibly was. He might have. Was his thing?
1: So it shows you how relevant the numbers Brady,
3: are. Brady was a, was a guaranteed starter at that stage. Yeah, and
1: he was still wearing 19. Hendrick was wearing 13. You're right. So none of those three players that you named were mm. one to 11. You know, so mm. doesn't matter. Um, you know. But so then, 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 but the then, logic, but I then, we I exactly, I'd be with you there. What's the logic then of the numbers? Well, some people, some players might have lucky numbers yeah. that are outside the eleven. which is fair. Anyway, uh, um, good
3: good night, says Alan Healy. Good night from Napa, California.
1: Oh, that sounds lovely. It's oh. wine wine region, isn't it? Yeah, Napa Valley. Napa Valley.
3: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, Owen Hurley says we travel to Killarney in numbers. I'm assuming that uh,
1: Cork fans. Mm-hmm. That's not too far to go. My point is, like, you have to go beyond that. Like, uh, Derry fans will travel in numbers down to Cor- down to Dublin. Mm. Do you know mm. Mm. what are you, what are you g- giggling out there oh. boot? the comments go
3: on what have you got um only tickets in the Nally station. <laughs> yeah in, uh, <laughs> uh, at Tom that. in Dublin mm. but I mean there's nothing wrong with the it's not called the Nally anymore anyway. it's called Park it's should tickets. wear
2: the yellow jerseys
3: did you ever go to the Nally get country bumpkins we would have been that would have been a the Nally? No, I don't think I was ever in the Nally. You're, n- you're even looking at me going, "What's the Nally? Are you?" No, it's beside the hill. <sighs> Jeez, next yeah, to the hill. Next yeah. Next to the
1: hill. Does it? It's 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 just, it's still in use, but is it called? Is it still called the Nally? I presume it is. Nally Terrace.
3: Yeah. No, it's not called the Nally. Is it no? not? No. No, I don't think so. I, mean, I could be wrong. I thought that it would. Uh, I thought that was gone.
2: Um, just before we move on, there, Adrian, yeah. do you mind me asking your co-host
1: a question? I'll listen to what you. What do you think of Mason Mount to Manchester? Oh. Mount. Um... I'm probably un- unsure about it in a similar sense that I was about Declan Rice to Arsenal. Um, like, to be honest, for the price tag, I'd prefer Mason Mount for sixty million than Rice for a hundred and five. Oh man, back to this. Really place. would. I, I. I know it's hard. To, it's easy to compare them, or hard to compare them in some ways, but because they're, they're both English, and maybe that's why I'm doing it. But um, Mount has a lot of promise. United clearly wanted him. He was Eric Ten number one target. Um, He's another middle-of-the-road head. I would take
2: Rice over Mount every day of the week. That's even a if a doubled. Even if it's no, the in, price. but for the price. Oh, no. Sure, what the does the money price, price not is not irrelevant. Sense. Oh, take Rice.
3: All it's day. not even a
2: conversation, Like I was actually thinking about it's our debate. It's not irrelevant, though. I was actually thinking about our debate. For United issue, they don't care. All those clubs About your mean? opinion of Rice. Uh, and I would re- I rate your opinion as a, f- as a baller yourself. Yeah. Like I was thinking, why
1: does, why does Shane think this? I had a couple of messages from people yesterday who agreed with me.
2: No, I'd say a lot of people do, but I I really think he's like the best midfielder in his position on his day in the Premier League Declan Rice I we
3: think not a a bit like when Jack Grealish we, went we to Manchester City right we knew a little bit and there was enough for Manchester City to go here we need to get this lad in like it took him what was it 12-18 months to actually get his feet properly on the table there is a bit of that about Declan Rice when he goes yeah. to a bigger club well like,
2: the one thing I was saying yesterday was that I actually want more from him to see more from him, uh-huh. and now he is—I think it was Derby yesterday. He's no more excuses now because he plays for a, a challenger, a contender. Yeah, and it, I, I can't wait to see that. But I think he's a fabulous player.
1: I think you think my opinion of Rice is tarnished because uh, because he's Eng- well, because he's now English, um, and because of everything that happened before. But I, and I genuinely like—I saw a video of Declan Rice recently after a West Ham game where he's giving a jersey to a little kid and having a lovely conversation with him. So it's, I have nothing against Declan Rice as a human being. I just think. He's vastly overrated, partly because why? he's an English footballer. Ah, no, no, no. You can't say he's overrated because of his
2: nationality. He's not worth 105 minutes. Well, his minutes. price tag oh. is
3: reflective of him but being an English international. That is a fact. Yeah, but th- th- who cares, like, about the price tag? I thing? don't. don't I like, like,
2: um, agree But why, why, why
1: do you think he's overrated? That's not a good point, Why do you, you? think yes. he's overrated as a footballer? Well, so... Great question. So point out the games that he, like... Yes, for West Ham he he stood out. He definitely stood out in that West Ham team. I agree with you. And when he plays for England, he has good good middle of the road games quite regularly. But like, do you ever just watch Declan Rice and go, "Oh my God, he is amazing"? Are I don't. You- I certainly don't. I, I think he is overrated to the, to a T. Like, he's so vastly over it. I don't think you say that
2: about the vast majority of midfielders. You, you don't say, oh my God, you would never say it about Michael Carrick. You'd rarely say it about Chavi himself. You'd say Chavi is part of the Iniesta and Busquets bracket, but not Xavi. Oh my God, what Chavi did with the ball. There's sensational he's, highlights. Look, to it. Everything's just so
1: simple. He's very nice. Kind of right. Shane's anti-English. <laughs> not, certainly not anti-English. I'm anti-Declan Rice hype train. He, he's very good at in, in, intercepting the ball. He's very good at reading the game. Um, like I just think other elements of his game need so much more.
2: We'll to be find worth that out. Much we'll money. find
3: out when he goes to a proper club. That's it.
1: Oh
2: so no! See, I He just that's, captain West Ham to a European trophy. They're hardly not a proper club. Uh, we'll find out with a club where the spotlight, where the spotlight you will use be the term on him constantly. But like over the fact. You know, you were saying some attributes he has that he intercepts very well. and He passes well. But not too dissimilar to Roy Keane on the ball. Roy Keane never did anything spectacular oh, on the I, ball. I think it's sacrilege to name them in the same sentence, even. I don't think it is at all. Oh, it is. I'm not talking about mentality. Like, i will never be another Roy Keane. But, in, like, people think that Roy Keane was this guy who would like, absolutely dominate games completely and sometimes he would by sheer personality and will but as a footballer he did everything very simply he'd say it himself he ah, got the ball and right. he passed the he got the, that, ball, he is, the ball
3: you have no, bought that, his own hype that's no, not no, true that's what he, if you that's, watch his games he's a he technically brilliant player
2: exactly and so is Declan Rice but what they do is very simple you're never going to be wowed by them He's not, he's not, as, that's what not very true. about Roy Keane You'd be rowed right by Raikin's will and running up and down. And his down quality and the passing. Way go and no, his but you would so rarely say about Raikin, wow, with a pass. But everything he I'm did was sure so, so, so good. You mentioned Michael so Carrick. Sad. You mentioned Michael yeah.
1: Carrick. Rice wouldn't lace Carrick's boots, in my opinion, at, at this stage. Maybe at Arsenal he got his two or three good years, helps them win a title or whatever. so because Carrick had, had a whole career behind them. And that's, that's
3: an overstatement yeah well yeah of course he he could end up being a, he could end up being a, having a far better being a far better player than michael Carrick he could he could right? he could but I,
1: what I've seen so far I'm yeah like, but, no. but what
3: I'm saying is we haven't he's done now, so he's like oh i've had me a bit now you can, but we just don't know that's the reality of it we won't know until he goes to i i I don't mean to use the term proper club that is disparaging and needless mm-hmm. but a Bigger club. Of course. Well, yeah, club. Of Arsenal are
1: Arsenal a bigger club.
3: Yeah, let's course. get to let, that. Yeah. After this is exactly. 6 12
1: months time Simon, see how we're all getting at. Yeah, right. we'll yeah. definitely remember to Set do that. Set a reminder time. on your phone there. Yeah. Yeah. And for Mason Mount as well, the jury, the jury is out on him, I have to say. But um, I prefer Mount to Rice. Roy
3: yes. Keane, a million times better than uh, Rice. Come on, call him. Obviously. So yeah, obvious. Obvious. That, that's obvious. obvious. Go on, there Go on he's done now he's like he drags on the conversation for another 10 minutes beyond where we were Got supposed to finish and now he's done and he wants to he wants to get out of the gap Colin can I just say thanks William for coming in I yeah, really you enjoyed your me. contribution well, I it was if you were about well, to tap well. me the <laughs> hand there that was an unusual uh, <laughs> I, I wish I would. you, I would. you I would. did but, uh, but you anyway, did. anyway listen. No, thanks. I always enjoy his contributions I love having you on a Friday generally as a colleague lovely man lovely person gets me out of bed on a
2: Friday I wish you were here more can you do
3: that I am I'm here basically you're twice going a now week for a now. few weeks yeah. go on he's waiting so very <laughs> enjoyable um, loads, loads still to come we've got a huge GA section in the middle of the show so if that's your bag stay tuned for that in a little bit and um, do keep the comments coming into to us as well um, whatever location you're at this morning seems to be tickling people's fancy so it is time to turn to the rugby Alan Quindling good morning to you morning lads how are you how are you keeping
4: Good. Thanks. Yeah, very good.
3: We were having a conversation earlier on about how people deal with recognition and fame and autograph hunters and selfie hunters. You must get a fair bit of that.
4: <laughs> no, I do not. Um, not not in the same bracket as as the people you were talking about. Um, uh, no, I'm probably an autograph hunter nowadays. Ah, I get out of I it. I how do you deal with that stars? when you're out
3: uh, when you're out and about shops out for a pint and there's people coming at you left, right, and centre? Are you good with it?
4: Um it doesn't happen to me that much to be honest um it probably did happen a bit when you're playing particularly when i was living down limerick and stuff like that um if you go out for the food shop um in the evening and um, particularly around castle Troy, there's a lot of us living around there and training close to the university yeah you'd meet lots of people who'd who'd stop up and but they get they get used to you and uh probably leave you alone then but yeah. it doesn't happen it doesn't happen much anymore. Most people haven't a clue who I am anyway. So yeah, I it's, get out of it. it's not an issue. But um, yeah, I'm more of an autograph hunter nowadays, <laughs> particularly with my son and stuff, if we're out and about and we see anyone. Yeah, uh, you can't um, yeah, yeah.
3: So a few things to get to. We'll talk a little bit, maybe about the clash of the champions has been uh, uh, worded in a little bit. We want to talk, obviously, about the under twenties as well. But might start with the Johnny Sexton independent uh, disciplinary hearing that's been confirmed for July the thirteenth. Obviously, it's looking into his conduct after the Champions Cup final last month. This is a worry now, isn't
4: it? It, yeah, it is, and uh, it's probably it's probably taken a while, which has been surprising um, that it's taken this long to actually determine that they're going to have a hearing um, a couple of weeks ago. Obviously we, 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 we heard that something was happening. They made contact and probably look for a response from, from Johnny Sexton and, and and from Leinster. And now we have a hearing. So it is a concern. It is a worry. And um, I suppose it's uh, in a court, in, you know, in, in a court of law, it's probably, uh, there's, there's some sort of a case to answer for that. They've progressed to this stage and, um, Who knows what's going to happen? Um, As I said a a while back, hopefully, um, from an Irish point of view, it's not, it's not, it's not a ban that's going to affect the World Cup. I think they have to address the issue. Um, I think if you ask Johnny afterwards, uh, and again, I'm not speaking for him, he probably would regret um, what happened and getting involved particularly, I think more so that he wasn't in the match day 23. He's a captain of the squad and he's a very senior player with Leinster. but um, it probably wasn't a great look when you're not, when you're not involved and not tugged out. Um, As I said, you know, people can say stuff to referees and there's emotion and there's probably a bit of mitigation. If you're tugged out and you're, you have that adrenaline rush and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't a great look. Um, he didn't murder anyone. It's not like as if it's a, a disgraceful kind of situation. But I think, um, you know, it, it's something that he, he probably sh- he shouldn't have done. That's the reality of it. He shouldn't have done it. And he engaged with Jaco Piper. He's obviously had, he said he's peace. So, look, I think they'll have to be seen to take some sort of action. Um, and I'm sure... Johnny and have an explanation of what he said as well, and and um, but it's a worry now at this stage, and it's it's something that's um, hopefully, as I said, doesn't affect his World Cup preparation. I'm sure there there may be some sort of a ban or suspension or, or fine yeah. or something out of this.
3: Do you um like they obviously have some heavy hitters now on the, on the on the panel? The fact that they're taking it this far suggests that they feel that there is a case to be answered. Is there some sense? Quinny, that it's his reputation uh has preceded him to a degree with this as well or that that may even end up playing playing itself into the conversation a little bit
4: yeah well there's there's a, i am not sure i think that could be a case in point for for linster and his defense to say that you know there's obviously been a lot of talk about this on on social media and a lot of commentary from from people who who um who maybe see this as an opportunity to weaken Ireland at the World Cup? yeah, um some journalists have seen it, and I'm not sure you know they're they're you know talk about the good of the game and the values of the game and the way you don't see people getting involved with referees and you know rugby is different to soccer the way you see soccer players kind of up in their faces screaming and shouting um look what happened Jürgen Klopp a few months ago in the Premier League when he's kind of going at a fourth official you know that was very high profile he got a touchline ban for that and a fine I know it's a different level but it's not a good look for sport when you when you have that and we're continuously trying to talk about respect for referees and GA referees in particular in Ireland um, a lot of situations they've had problems with the DDSL here in Dublin that's been highlighted the last number of years where Know, referees don't want to go out on a Sunday and, and referee underage games because they're getting abused but it's on the sidelines so nobody wants to see that situation um where where referees are being kind of challenged um there's always a case for me of believing that there you know there's a balance and it goes right back to the Rassi Erasmus stuff um at the lines a couple of years ago that there has to be some little bit of accountability emotions get high um and the performance on, on a particular day kind of affects can affect people's livelihoods on both ways, referee and, and players. So sometimes emotions get high. But I don't think there's been a trial on social media of Johnny Sexton and, and and you know, previously he's he's the type of person I've said this before, that I want him as my captain, confronting the referees or challenging decisions or you know, but You know, sometimes Johnny's emotions get the better of him and he's so passionate about what he does. And, um, you know, in this particular case, I think it wasn't a good look. And I would imagine, as again, I'm only speculating that um, he he realized that, that it was wrong. And, you know, we all want to say things at times to referees or give out to them after matches, whether you're coaches, players or participants. But sometimes you just got to bite your lip, and in this particular occasion, I think, because and, and 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 I didn't think there was anything major in that game that that totally went against Lencer either. And I, I say that as my, in with my, in my own opinion, there was nothing that jumped out that there was any blatant decision that Jacob Piper had given against him. Um, so look, I think he got it wrong, and um, I imagine if if the ERC. ECPR, or, or there's there's going to be some some sort of punishment here. Um, and from an Irish point of view, look, hopefully it's not a situation of, of him missing any World Cup games. He may miss warm-up games. It may be a fine. But, look, I don't think it's as bad as this. it's kind of been portrayed in some quarters, but... Yeah he's going to have a problem here in, yeah. uh, of some sort I think
3: yeah and we had Ronald Aguirre on a few weeks ago speaking of his defence as well I'm sure that will be uh, factored into it too we'll see um, see what happens on the track uh, so let's talk about you were in commentary duty yesterday on Virgin for the uh, pool game Ireland against the um, against Australia the Junior Wallabies an impressive uh, win from the Yank quinny four try bonus point win they've drawn with England before that they have Fiji to come and if my reckoning is correct it means that if Ireland beat Fiji with a bonus point and England have anything less than Bonus point win over Australia, then Ireland go through. And if both Ireland and England win with a bonus point, then it comes down to point difference. Points difference. So Ireland may need to do a big number on Fiji. No, I, 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 from
4: what I can look, from what I can look at it, Adrian, um, just in the permutations, I yeah. think um, there's three pools of four. The top three in each pool goes through automatically, and then there's a fourth best runner-up, um, which would be. Um, the next best qualified team. So if you look at pool C, I think you've Italy on five, South Africa on five, and Georgia on five. Um, Those three teams cannot get past 10 points. So one of them will top the group on 10 points, I think. Um, And then the next best runner up in the other two pools, you know, will again, I think, um, in the top group, uh, France's group, um, I think the top number there they can get to is 12 or 13 as well. Um, maybe 12. So, from what I can see, if Ireland get a bonus point win, they're going to be in the semi finals. Okay. Um, uh, France are going to top the group. Either Ireland or England, it looks like, will possibly top the group. And then you're kind of going from Argentina. Georgia, South Africa, or maybe Italy, because they had, they they beat South Africa yesterday. It's an amazing that group is so tight. It started with our Argentina beating in Italy pretty convincingly, um, and yesterday was, you know, crazy. Georgia beat Argentina, and and Italy beat South yeah. Africa. So that group is incredible. So from my reckoning, uh, a bonus point win puts Ireland in the semi-finals. Um, England had a big, big win yesterday. They're twenty six points better than, than Ireland, mm. um, and obviously they've got to play Australia yet. So who knows? Um, you know what will happen in that game. But going going back to the game yesterday, um, I think the first ten or fifteen minutes was was concerning, um, and it looked like that Ireland were playing a side that were just incredibly dangerous in attack. Their backline looked very powerful. Um, Australia looked a better team for the first ten or fifteen minutes of the game. Ireland were under a fair bit of pressure, um, and unbelievably, when it looked like Australia possibly are scoring a try early on, Andrew Osborne um, he intercepts a try, goes up the field. Ireland get a penalty; they go three nil up, um, and then we saw, you know, we saw the dangerous and the, the dangerous nature and quality of Australia, where they go nearly the full length of the field and score a brilliant try under the post. And you're kind of worried and concerned when it goes to 10-3 to Australia.
3: And some poor defence react- within that Quinny as well, like it must be said. Uh, that- yeah,
4: it, it was, but it was um, like their centre. And I said it a lot in commentary, David vahu He's played, you know, a lot of super rugby this year. He's an incredible player. Um, and he's, you know, he's involved in that try, I think, um Henry O'Donnell, who scores at his place, Super Rugby. Teddy Wilson, their captain, the scrum half, Super Rugby as well. A lot of these guys have have fairly regular um, contributions. I know there's some guys in the Irish side of, of URC um, involvement, but not as much as as the Australians. So, kind of before the game, you're thinking, mm. "Oh God, this is this is a tall order." Now the conditions were horrendous, and you know how how there's a situation where there's three matches on the same pitch in the one day and it's not factored in that what's if the th- weather goes a bit pear-shaped
1: what's the story with that 20 uh, like the, the, the pitches well, on the TV look absolutely it's, it's horrendous
4: crazy. it's crazy Will did you see the third game Italy in South Africa oh, for, or, uh, right. you know um, like it's it's hard to believe that it wasn't taken into consideration that you could have and it does rain a bit in South Africa this time of year it's their winter Um, so to have three games in the one pitch and talk about player welfare and protecting players and safety thankfully I don't think anybody got seriously injured from a bad slip or you know a bad injury from from the the games yesterday but um, I think in hindsight that was a mistake um, not to have another option I I understand what they're trying to do and in fairness it's easy talk about it afterwards they're trying to get all the games on the one day and and, um, you know the, the games are coming thick and fast. there's kind of four five or six days between each each block of games but um it wasn't a good look, but Ireland were outstanding. <laughs> I think they get a try before half time and um they nudge ahead and you know you think wow this is uh this is a big turnaround. I think a big turning point of the game was um the tight head for Australia going off Massimo de Lutis. I think a big, powerful... Because Ireland's scrum kind of creaked a little bit early in the game. And then you have a situation in the second half where Ireland's scrum dominance was just unbelievable. It was hard to fathom how it it turned around so much and was so dominant. Um, And that's kind of what won them the game. The forward pack, they were just brilliant, I think, as a unit. I've said this a lot about this team and throughout the Six Nations as well. They're unbelievably tough um, dogged. Uh, there's a hardiness about them that they just never really give up, and they're very abrasive and confrontational. So, you know, they don't take a backward step in anything they do. So, um, and they love that kind of scenario, as rolling up the sleeves and, and really kind of, um, you know, being direct in the way they were playing, because that was the conditions. But, you know, when you win thirty points to ten against a very fancied Australian side. Um, it's a brilliant return, and they've put themselves right back in contention, and and really a great a, within a great position of of getting into a semi-finals.
1: We should mention, Quinny, uh, your fellow temporary man as well, Brian Gleeson. Like I think we've used a few superlatives about him before on the show, chatting to you, uh, and even some of his stats yesterday: fourteen carries, seventy meters gained, two line breaks, eight tackles, and got that try as well. Uh, like this guy is the real deal, isn't he?
4: Um, yeah, um, it's not a surprise to see. I think what's great is is um he's backed up um, uh, the performances in the Six Nations with even better performance yesterday. Um he's not just this big strong uh powerful ball carrier who runs directed people. His footwork is very impressive. He's handling um and he was so prominent yesterday. I think he was he was without the ball as well. His tackles um his his turnovers <clears throat> unbelievably impressive you know he got a knock in the lead up to the the english game and and i think his presence was missed because um he's just non-stop for the whole game ru and quinn was the same um the ball carrying and they're you know i know they're two monster guys and i don't want to get anyone kind of saying i'm monster bias here but watch the game you know watch both of them um uh, ru quinn was just unbelievable as well the carries and the power and they constantly getting over the game line um there's loads of other guys here you know Paddy McCarthy as a, a move from tight end to loose said was was outstanding uh, Gus McCarthy the captain um and and Ronan Fox making his debut yesterday um first start for for the Ireland under 20s uh one or two early problems in the scrum but you know he was he did a great game and in the loose as well so um Charlie Irvin and Conor Ohtiernik as well and the players that came off the bench I think that will really please Richie Murphy the kind of energy and the enthusiasm that kind of grew um, and I just think that they looked to control the whole game in the second half the conditions did not suit the Australians and they didn't play the conditions in any way um, who knows if you had a dry day a hard pitch would they have caused Ireland more problems possibly they should have scored a try after half time when it was 11-10 uh, Tim Ryan the Australian winger dropped the ball and that was their only ch- opportunity of the of the whole second half so um, it was a brilliant, brilliant performance uh, particularly in that second half from this Ireland under 20 side
3: uh, Just um, before we wrap, Quinny, Dan Delaney has been in contact he says, Quinny gave us a talk back in 2013 before the county semi-final in the Leash Senior Hurling Championship plenty of young lads looking for selfies that night
4: mm-hmm. I yeah, I can't remember did they win the match though. He did does he, he say that he hasn't
3: told us. He'll be in <laughs> Was in the touch? talk any good or <laughs> did
4: I did I bore him to tears? Um
3: so anyway, look at uh we'll have to come back to the clash of the champions again when you come back the game will be on Tuesday, isn't it, Fiji?
4: Is that right? Uh, Tuesday, the game against Fiji. Yeah. On yeah, the telly, it is, yeah. So, yeah, um, it is. Yeah, it's. I think it's uh, half twelve kickoff on Virgin. And very yeah. good. Your seven,
3: Dave Mack playing a blinder, and uh, hopefully we can we can get through Fiji and uh, progress on. Quinny, thanks, a million.
4: Cheers, thanks, lads. It's
3: lot seventeen minutes past eight. Uh, greetings to Mauritius, says Ralph. I'm getting read.
1: such wanderlust from uh, from the comments coming in this morning. Uh, someone says hello from the downstairs lavatory, so that's <laughs> less less exciting and exotic. But um,
3: Dan says still- we won and they won the final as well the uh, Leash Senior Hurling ah great yeah yeah So
1: the the motivational speech worked fair
3: play Um, yeah there's loads of people coming in from all different uh, we had one here uh, really nice comment here from uh, Sean McDavoc says midnight in Vancouver driving to a rugby tournament that sounds nice at Williams Lake Stampede midnight in Vancouver driving to a rugby tournament
1: the rugby tournament must be tomorrow Mm. they must be just getting the drive out of the way that will be my lovely, be my take
3: lovely little calm comment a little moment of zen, Yeah, followed nice, by nothing like the o 2 what about her to keep us entertained <laughs>
1: uh, that, that's more like it yeah, uh, I'm getting absolute dog's abuse here for, for different takes Shane, what, is what, just, what specifically? Shane is just anti any football club bar United sad mentality can't be open and honest that's just plainly not true uh, same commenter says I'm digging a massive hole uh, like it's not true and someone says Rice started Euro 2021 another party song take from Shane that's not like i i said <laughs> mount over rice for the price tag yeah
3: what i enjoy about that is that even you are like oh yeah the party song stuff was a bit mad
1: no 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 i, I used to by the party song comparison ah, Lee and party's party song comparison i'm not going to get into
3: tender that. chicken says half nine in madrid 31 degrees go man tender jesus right uh, right, uh, nearly 20 past eight. And uh, you're watching OTBM. We're delighted to have you with us. We've loads still to come. We're getting our uh, teeth sucked into the GEA. And uh, now we're going to have Ivana Bacic, the leader of the Labour Party, with us in just a little bit to talk about their plans for the beautiful game. Um, in Ireland and uh, plenty more so i keep those comments going in we hosted a night of celebration one of the uh, best nights we've ever had out I can say that uh, safely from an O2B point of view for the Republic of Ireland in, it was all in partnership with Sky it was on Wednesday night in the Mansion House in Dublin it was Nathan and Ashling and we were joined by uh, all the Irish team the manager of Pau, and a few Irish legends as well before of course the team set sail for uh, the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand here is a short clip the full thing by the way go and check it out it's um, Brilliant watching and brilliant to listen wherever it is you to pick up your podcasts. Uh, but here's a clip from the night. Sky, who are proud primary partners of the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Here's a clip of Amber Barrett and her father, Sean Paul, talking about how the now, of course, iconic Scotland goal. And we're back after that with uh, Shauna Sullivan and Kyle Coney.
4: OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.
3: 8.22, it's uh, 0 to a.m. and the uh, sports breakfast show from Off The Ball myself and Shane with you until uh, 10 this morning and uh, we're turning to GA now Kerry Tyrone specifically the quarterfinal tomorrow Croke Park 3.45 delighted to say that we're joined on the line by uh, Tyrone's Kyle Coney and uh, former Kerry footballer Sean Sullivan morning lads Morning, Morning, guys. Uh, I was sort of wondering, Sean, to begin with, just around the narrative around Kerry and the idea of of revenge for two years ago and a revenge for the Naughties as well, and whether whether Kerry do revenge or not. Then I saw a quote from um, Jack O'Connor, who was just casually, I'm sure, just casually dropping into conversation. I saw somewhere today that we we have beaten Tyrone in three of the last four championship meetings, um, and I thought revenge could be on the table here.
2: Yeah, it's not like Jack to throw the stone bite like that, is it? Um, yeah, revenge. Look, I, I, I'm not sure that's going to be in the minds of this crop of Kerry players. I actually watched the game back the other night, the the 21 semi final. Um, yeah, I, I think the one thing the lads will learn from it is is is, is what not to do. To be honest with you, Adrian, uh, hi Shane. Um, you know for, for a, a long long period of that game and 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 certainly i would say the the middle quarter just before half time and after half time the amount of times that the Harry players ran into that tyrone wall and ran into that tyrone defence um it didn't make for good viewing um obviously throwing the fact in that our our tellies men you know got injured and and, and that didn't help but yeah, I think I don't think revenge is is on the is on is on is top of the menu to be honest with you, Adrian. I think this these Kerry players have, you know, they've they've won in all Ireland last year, um, maybe not been given the credit for it that they 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 probably deserve. Um, and after a kind of a slow start to this season, there's there's there's. You know, there's chinks now that we can see that they're just coming to the coming to the you know coming to the top. So uh, this is a huge test for them tomorrow, and uh, we'll know a lot more about them you know after after the game.
3: That that um, what not to do bit is an interesting one. Is it uh, like the maturation? Another couple of years down the line of of the group, and just knowing in the crunch moments what to do, or was it a more deeper coaching point? No,
2: I think so. I think so. It's 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 uh, you know. F- for, for, for a lot of those players on that, that team um, it was a really really big game that day it was an All-Ireland senior semi-final of course a lot of them would have been involved with minor and under 20 teams but it was a huge game um, and I think you know they just they, they, they did things that you know played right into the hands of Tyrone all credit to Tyrone they set up very well on the day you know Brian Brian Duher and, and Fergal Logan had them well set up and ready for Kerry um, but I think you know that is the the barometer now that that Kerry team will be looking at. For instance, you know, Gavin White, who's a fantastic player and his game is built on driving forward and and driving this Kerry team forward, you know. You know, looking back on on the game that day, the the, the amount of times he ran down into cul-de-sacs and just basically ran into traps that Tyrone has set up for him. I don't think we'll be seeing that the next day. Um, and, And from all over the pitch, I think Kerry will look to kick the ball more. I think we'll be looking to speed up our play a lot more. Um, against Tyrone that day, it was it was lethargic at times. It was it was repetitive. It was back and over the field. And of course, yes, in the modern game, you have to do that at times. But I think the Kerry this Kerry team and Jack has always been. You know, we have to take into account that was Peter Keane's team. Jack has always been a real advocator of Kerry kicking the ball and kicking it at pace. Um, often and early would be his mantra so uh, I think we'll see a different approach by Kerry the next day will it work? We don't know, Tyrone will obviously set up waiting for that, they've watched Kerry under Jack and um, we'll have to see which, which style comes through in the end
1: Kyle, from a, from a Tyrone point of view the, the attacking threats that, that uh, they have up there at the moment are quite something and, and that's certainly something that Kerry will be wary of, Like I guess we talk about Darren McCurry quite a bit but the, the Canavan brothers Dara and Rory, at the moment uh, and we've said it before like they play with a smile on their face but if those two lads have good games like they have had recently they could cause Kerry some serious troubles
5: Yeah absolutely um, I suppose from a Tyrone point of view it's nice to um, have another attack and threat uh, as well as uh, Dara and Darn up there Rory adds that wee bit of unknown I suppose in Tyrone we may have been calling out for him for a, a number of games previously, but he he, he didn't get the start. Uh, and then eventually he, he was fired in against Westmeath and then um, last week against Donegal. And and you can see that he, he he almost finished the game. He could have finished the game with 4-3 um, initially from the throw-in, could have got a goal. He eventually got his goal. And then he was screaming the head of the brother, Dara, for not slipping him in in the second half. And then he rounded... Uh, I think it might have been Steve McManaman along the line near the end and knocked it over the bar, but I think he was going for a goal. So he could have very f- easily finished the game with four or three, and that's that's an unknown. And when we get into Croke Park, it's it's nice to have that because you know we know that Kerry will have seen him bits and pieces from him from underage, but it's it's how do you handle that? Which man do you who does Kerry designate to go and pick that up? But it's it's exciting from a throne point of view, um, and from Dara Cannon's point of view. He's playing the football of his life. It's it's really refreshing to see. He's been dogged with injuries for a, a number of years. He's he's got a run of one or two games, and then he's picked up a, a bit of an, an ankle injury or a calf injury. Um, so it's it's great to see him getting a run of games, and he has took over that mantle not um, as much on the, on the scoring charts, but also being that initial out ball for Tyrone. Darragh McCurry lies in that wee bit further. Dara will come deeper and pick up the ball and. Jink and weave his way through uh, and and set up scores as well as to his own scores.
1: Well, curious, Sean, would you prefer to be in the um, in in the Kerry camp in terms of the the extra week break the Kerry have got or the momentum that that Toronto, I guess have got? Because you, you think back to the Kerry game and scoring five goals against Loud, it's hard to find a negative there. Uh, but Toronto, I guess have come through a couple of big battles in recent weeks. So is it momentum or is it rest? Which would you would you prefer? I guess.
2: I think it all depends on where you're at, Shane. Uh, Personally, right now, from hearing what I've heard, I think Kerry were better off with the week off, the extra week. Uh, They were able, as you can see from their team, which was named last night, they were obviously able to give give Gavin White and Paul Ganey that extra bit of time to recover from their little knocks. And I think they're two huge players to be back in that Kerry first 15. So from that point of view, it's a bonus. I absolutely 100% agree with you as well that, you know, often we came through the qualifiers there in my time and uh, it was great. You know, you were just bouncing from week to week, weekend to weekend, game to game. And uh, that's what you want. But I think in this circumstance, I think Jack and the management team would have been quite happy to take that extra week's break um, just to get those type of lads in. Uh, Kyle made a good point there on Rory Canavan. Paul Murphy is back in the Kerry team, to be honest with you. I think that's specifically with Rory Canavan in mind. Um I think Paul brings you that real good Tigerish defending. He's a tight marker. I think he'll be I think he will be put on Canavan from the from the outset, to be honest with you. I think that's why he's back in. He's also probably back in, alluding to my previous point about getting the ball in fast and a good kick passer. Paul ticks all those boxes as well, so that's why he's back in. And uh, obviously having the likes of Paul Ganey with that experience up front um, uh, back in as well and, and Gavin White is, as I spoke about too is good so I think that extra week's break has definitely helped carrying this scenario yeah
3: what, what John like an answer to Kyle's question there about like the, the Canavans, so you've mentioned uh, Rory what what do they do with Dara and feel free to uh, layer in some commentary about Paddy Talley here as well because I'm sure that uh, <laughs> this is the uh, not so secret weapon
2: um yeah, look, I, I obviously don't know much about Petty. Um just from speaking to a few of the, the, the players that I would or sorry, the, the players that I'd still be in touch with, and obviously I know Dermot Murphy and Mike Quirk very well from our playing days. They're very impressed with Petty. Look, he's he he is what he is. Kyle knows a lot about him, of course. Um yeah, look, he's obviously going to it's it's not gonna be a negative anyway, Adrian. You know, he's he he knows these Tyrone fellas as well, very well. Um and I'm sure he'll 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 have Kerry set up Particularly when we don't have the ball, um, how we're going to counteract these Canavans and and uh, and McCurry? I mean, these guys are they're a breath of fresh air, really. Uh, unfortunately, I was on the receiving end of 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 them um, with the Kerry Under Twenties t- two seasons ago, above in Port Leash, Just really, really good players. Uh, look, it, I suppose it's 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 going to be difficult in terms of shutting them down. Um, Tyrone have the same issues up the other end, which with with the Cliffordson, and Gainey, and and Paul O'Shea, or sorry, excuse me, uh, Seanie Shea. Mm. Um, I think Jason Foley would probably be tested with picking up Derek Canavan. I would say, which which leans for a good battle, to be honest with you. Uh, Jason's been playing very well consistently over the last couple of seasons for Kerry, and I think they, they'd have no choice but to go with Tom Sullivan on McCurry. Um, obviously we all know about Tom's um attacking prowess, um, but he's also a very, very good defender. And I think McCurry is in really, really good form at the moment, so I think Tom will be tasked with that. But look, remains to be seen. I think they look like the best matchups at the moment. As I said, I think Paul Murphy will go on Rory Canavan and then the other two will probably just match up as 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 is, you know, with yeah. uh with Ty Morley and, and um and, and Gavin White. Uh, Tyrone will have to keep an eye on White. You know, they'll have to put somebody on him who's defensive minded. Kyle might have his own thoughts on that because Gavin is as we as we know, very very good at going forward. Once he picks and chooses his right moments to go, you know.
5: Yeah, Kyle. Yeah, um, th- those matchups are, are sort of something that when I seen the carry team named last night, that I that was thinking down the along the same lines. But I'm not sure. Um, Paul Murphy might be just the, the right man for, uh, um, Dar- or Rory Canavan because I, I think that yard of pace might suit Rory. I, th- I don't, th- Paul. Is an exceptional kick passer and a tigerish defender, but Crook Park is a, a daunting place. Whenever those spaces open up, and Rory Canavan is freakishly quick over the ground, doesn't look like it, but he he can he can run. And I just don't think it it will suit um, um, Paul Murphy in, in that regard because I think that that may be a, an area where Jerome might exploit it across the, the half forward line.
3: Kyle, if you take a step back from Tyrone for a second, they, uh, like a lot of the narrative that is around them at the minute is that like they're hitting form at the right time, obviously, and we've discussed some of the individual tools that they have that I think allows them to compete with anybody in their day. But that, notwithstanding, the form is based off a win over a bad Donegal team, I think we can accept, and two inches after that, uh, John Heslin free from being bounced out of the Championship. Like... Um, there's a little bit of a, it feels to me like a bed of sand. We'll find out a lot more obviously tomorrow, but the form lines, uh, I'm not sure that I fully buy the Toronto hitting farm at the right th- time thing, or that we've seen enough evidence of that just yet.
5: I, I would uh, agree with, with everything you're saying. Um, John Haslam, free kick, that that could have been an end to Toronto's season very, very easily. Um, as I said, Donegal, there was a bit of talk about Donegal hitting a wee bit of form, but you would have fancied Tyrone going into that, just with where the team, both teams, were at. Um, but I don't, from a Tyrone point of view, I don't think we give Westmead um, enough respect. We, I think that we went very much man on man, and we'll we, we take them on. No, we They have some exceptional players: uh, John Heslin, uh Ronald O'Toole. They cause Tyrone a lot of problems, and that's not how Tyrone played against Donegal. They set up with that wee bit more defensive, with the two wing backs dropping a wee bit deeper. And hitting on the counter attack, trying to keep a couple of couple of bodies up the pitch where they could release the kick pass, and the two of them against Donegal, Donegal left those open spaces, um, so I would I would agree with you there that we we have seen a very little evidence of probably as eighteen months, bar a, a half of or well seventy minutes against um, Donny that we that we're back to their best. We'll know a whole lot more come half time tomorrow to see where this Tyrone team's at, but. We can only go on, on the last performance, and that was a positive from its own point of view. Seeing, seeing our attack click again like that, we probably haven't seen this in this couple of years. Um, and defensively, I, I looked at even the likes of Keir McGarry. I haven't seen that type of performance probably from 2021 season. I actually watched the game back last night, and I think he had four turnovers in the second half. Sean referenced um, Gavin White running down cul I think Kieran McGeary was the cause of, of three of those, mm. and that's why he picked up player of the year in, in 2021 so Tyrone will be looking to get their energy from, from turnovers and, and hit Kerry as much as they can on the counter attack because uh, as Sean uh, re- re- rightly referenced last time I was talking to, to Gavin Devon the live manager who, who's our club manager and he was saying that he could not get over the quality of the Kerry kick passing they had game plan set up till try and nullify that but they could not get here. every single pass was to the forward side there was never a chance of a defender getting the hand in and that's where ultimately undone them for, for five goals
3: are either of you as we wrap willing to uh, predict against your county
2: <laughs> <laughs> not down here anyway <laughs> <a> um, <laughs>
1: uh,
2: yeah um,
1: have you ever heard a carry I, man back against them to be honest
3: oh, often <laughs> often yeah
2: <laughs> um, Look, I I think I think uh, you you know Kerry, you, obviously you know we we saw our group and um, had a very bad day out against Mayo Um played a little bit better against now that we see is a very good Cork team. All of a sudden, you know, and 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 yes, as Kyle said, we put in a very good performance against Louth. So, I mean, when you look at who's left in the championship, you know, th- three of the teams are from Kerry's group, a group that Kerry topped, you know, so mm. it's not all doom and gloom down here. I think that the, the group actually ended up being very, very good for Kerry because it gave them a good, it opened their eyes a little bit and also gave them a good test, barred the loud game, obviously. So I think we're in a good place going in. I think we're going to need a massive performance to beat Tyrone. Yes, uh, I get, I get your, um, your thinking, Adrian, that their form hasn't been fantastic, but as Kyle said, they're, they're, they're going off the last performance. They'll come in upbeat into Croke Park, where when they see a green and gold jersey, they always seem to flick a switch. Whatever's in them up there, I don't know, but they seem to flick this switch and, and, and just turn in a performance. But Kerry just need to be ready. And certainly, I think it comes down to, as always, who has their hands on the ball the most, because we both have very, very good sets of forwards. And if we can supply them with the ammunition, as I said early and often, you know, both sets of defenders could be in for a long day. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's going to be a good game, but I, I would plump for Kerry by maybe two or three points. Yeah.
3: Last word to you, Kyle.
5: Yeah, uh, I don't. Um, I suppose uh, I'm, i optimistic just on, on regard till that Tyrone, as Sean says, flex, flex that switch. I think it, it nearly comes from a bit of a, a siege, siege mentality, um, siege mentality that. We're always rode off and in, in, in the media. That's whenever Tyrone play their best football. Um, so when you go in against Kerry nine times out of ten, you're the underdog, and that's where where Tyrone thrives. So I'm thinking from a midfield point of view, we might have we might have the the upper hand there. I think we we have the best midfield partnership in in the country at the moment. So that might give us a, a good front handle on the game, and, and if we can win that area and supply our forwards, I think we're 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 in with a shout. So. I'm not ruling out extra time again, but uh, I'm quietly confident maybe a thrown victory by one or two.
3: Yeah, so I wish him a compliment saying uh, penalties, if we'd take that as a neutral, we'd settle for it. <laughs> Thanks million, lads. Enjoy the game. Thanks, lads. Thanks Cheers, man. Sean O'Sullivan and Kyle Coney on the line there. Paddy Christie is with us. Good morning to you, Paddy. How's it going? How are you You get to decide and vote then. Who's going to win that
6: one? <laughs> uh, Kerry and Tyrone. Yeah. Uh, I still wouldn't go too far from Kerry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still got the pedigree there, you know.
3: I think you're right. I think there's too much to be made of the four months of Toronto from Bananas. Like the two lads, obviously, are uh, the Canavans are just off the charts. And I guess when you have those in your team, then everything becomes slightly more 50 50. But mm, I still think,
6: like Kerry won and All Ireland last year, they were very good. I mean, they couldn't have gone back that far. And you'd wonder whether it's just they're just going through the motions for the last while. But like when it comes down to it, they see that Toronto and jersey, they're going to. You know, I can imagine in Crow Park in a quarter final with Tyrone, I'd say it'd be well up for it.
4: Mm.
3: How are you? Um, we'll get to the Dublin AO preview in a little bit, but how are you feeling about life after the year that you had? It was, geez, you were you were really close in both the Leinster Championship and the Talton Cup to to uh, coming up. You came up short narrowly against teams that ended up having a good run.
6: Mm. Yeah, it was a strange one. Like we had a disappointing league, obviously, and then you went to the championship. Obviously on a, a bit of a downer, but we came sort of regrouped and had a, quite a good performance with Offaly. And obviously, ov- ov- obviously they went on to do quite well, like, like well, reasonably, and then I suppose uh, the wheels came off for them as well. But like from that point of view and from the down point of view afterwards in the Talton Cup, um, yeah, the down game, like we felt we were really in that game for 50 minutes and then, you know, they got a goal and they changed the game, but you'd expect that them will be very, very hard to beat in that uh, final and I suppose if they win it, it might put a slightly different complexion on things. Um, like, we we felt we really played well in that first half and I suppose we had a couple of chances that might have just put us a bit further ahead that we didn't take. Just the nature of football but like, um, it's it's a hard one to put your finger on. Where how do you feel about the year? Up and, there was ups and downs along the way. We started off with a great old Bourne Cup and then a uh, poor National League, then it's at a half decent uh, good decent performance against Offaly in the Championship then. A couple of good performances
1: in the Talton Cup and, and, and a poor one as well. So like mm-hmm. it's a mixed bag. Can you take any positives from that league campaign? I know like Longford had think of been in division three for, for eight years, so kind of your home there. Um but next year face a division four campaign I guess in one in one sense, it's a promotion is the obvious target, uh, and you could build up a little bit of steam, beating some teams, getting a few results. So I guess there's positives to take from it as well.
6: Yeah, well, you have to. I mean, there's always you can be always trying to put spins on things, and sometimes it's real, and sometimes it's it's artificial. Like mm-hmm. the, I, I think it's a genuine from my point of view. having been involved with Tipperary. The same thing happened. Went down to Division Four. Um, actually started poorly in Division Four, end up getting momentum and winning a load of games in a row. Mm-hmm. And getting to a league final, playing well in the league final in Crow Park, very, very unlucky to be beaten by Cavan by a point, and you know that was that was a very like that was a really, really good year overall, mm. and that gives you a bit of hope. Then when you're looking at that, you're sort of saying, yeah, Longford can definitely do that. Um, you don't want to be down in Division Four, but realistically speaking, the leagues don't usually lie. Like if you lose a number of games in the league. You know, you have to hold your hand up and say, "Look, we weren't good enough this year." Like,
3: is, is, that, is this the end of your second full year?
6: No, no, this is first, first year. First year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So that r- rye grin is like, "Give me a chance here." I'm, but uh, well, like, how, how, how is there? Is there? I was interested because it was in my mind before you mentioned it about that sort of, particularly from a manager's point of view, when you get to the end of the year and all bar one county has something negative to reflect on at some point or another, um, and that balance of trying to be not to be comical alley about it that you need to actually own some of the stuff like a general sense of progression or what's your sense of like you're going to regroup again in what when when we leave I suppose go,
6: October November
3: is what, when what your will your chat be with the group when you get back
6: well I suppose the goals you, you, you always start with goals like we would have started this year uh, or back in October last yeah. year November and you, you, your goals for the league, for the championship, for the Telfon Cup. For us this year, I was I was hopeful that we would get to a Telfon Cup semi final. I felt that if we did that, get to play in Crow, Crow Park is a big thing for me. Like right. I saw the effect it had with Tipperary. Um, obviously, they would have won a, a Munster in two thousand and twenty in an empty stadium. Uh, it was fantastic, but it was an empty stadium But to go out to Crow Park mm-hmm. and play and play well I think that just brought brings everything on ultimately I suppose t- the following year the Tipperary didn't go great but like I still think overall for progression for a county for a so-called smaller county and, and like the Carlos and the Wexfords and the Tipperaries and the Longfords and all the teams in Division 3 and Division 4 for them to play in Crow Park and play well it's a big deal so for me that was a big deal this year the fact that we didn't get there was disappointing and, and it's something that you want to go for, for next year you've got a couple of chances now because you definitely feel that you can get to a Division 4 league final uh, and you'd be in Crow Park and you feel that you know with the, with a few things falling the right way you could get into a Talton Cup semi-final so therefore you know and I suppose realistically speaking if we'd have pipped off Lee this year we were beaten by a point in both league and championship and uh, in the championship this year if we'd have pipped off Lee um, you possibly could have got on to uh, into Crow Park as well but that's a big deal I think for for, for that to,
1: for the county to go on I think they need to get to Crow Park and play well in Crow Park I know you would have been involved Paddy in, in different uh, summer camps and summers in, in Longford and stuff that would have maybe got you on the radar of, of people yeah, within yeah. the GA circles in that county um, what have the, been the biggest challenges for you managing a team like Longford even I think you know, from a rural sense I guess player attention is, is a difficult one year on year and trying to get lads to, to stay put and, and I guess getting that commitment is that one of the main challenges for you?
6: Yeah well that's linked to belief like if you know it's very, very easy for the Dublins and the Kerries, uh, you know, the Tyrone's of this world to and even at that they still lose player mm. players but like um it's very, very easy to justify for a player who's number even number thirty in the panel or thirty two in the panel, you know, they've a good chance of success with those counties. You know, there's, there's there's a good bit of glamour involved, you're playing in Crow Park regularly. um everything is sort of set up for you there, whereas in the smaller counties you know what a fellow who's number twenty seven or twenty eight in the panel is the, is the same attraction there for him, honestly, probably not, mm-hmm. and that 's the hardest thing because you 'll always keep your twenty year or twenty two uh key players in the panel, and most of them are 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 getting football all the time but it 's very very hard to keep the other the other lads involved. We were lucky this year like we we were we we lost a few lads here and there, but we started off with a huge panel and we sort of kept it fairly well. Um, but like a lot of the smaller counties would lose players regularly, particularly when it c- comes to April and May. Mm. And you have the allure of America and that sort of thing. So like that's, uh, I suppose that again, coming back to your question, that's linked to confidence. Like if somebody and belief and if somebody believes that it's worth doing it, worth sticking at it they're going to they're gonna keep at it and that obviously has a knock on effect because if you get all those fellas committing then eventually it probably will happen and then you'll have genuine cause for um, having those beliefs but until then you're sort of treading on thin ice like it's, it's difficult because any sort of a setback at all can knock you back a bit like if, when Dublin underage players are coming through when they're 19 or 20 they honestly will, f- will fully believe they're going to win in all Ireland because they've seen it right in front of them but those smaller counties don't so it's how to do that without being able to win all the time and still I suppose for me from my point of view what I try and do is I have a very good crew and the management with me and we try to do good training sessions with the lads mm. and have it as professional as we can and that's our way of trying to you know put in the very firm foundations for the future and if they come back to, if they want to come training all the time you hope then eventually the results will come onto the pitch and then you can start going further, further afield then mm.
3: What do you enjoy most about management and who are you looking at in GA or in different sports as the people that you'd like to emulate? Um,
6: the, the nice thing about the management, and I, I look after the Sigurdsson team in DCU as well and I, I have the same thing in both. Um, I have a I have good crew of people around me and I enjoy that. Like it, It's lovely and, and I was very lucky I walked into that in Tipperary because... I wasn't able to pick my own people but it turns out when I came in myself with other people there were some great Mm. people around so I've been very lucky in that and that's something that I think um, I always want to try and be involved with because I always want to have an involvement with, with good people because it's very, very difficult if you don't have that and what, thankfully I haven't had that situation as a manager but I've been, in, I've been a player with set-ups where management didn't get on and you could sense it straight away that you didn't even need to hear any rows or anything like that; you just knew that it wasn't a good vibe around the place and I suppose that's important and as regards who you'd be sort of looking at like the, the lads who I would have always um, I suppose in GA circles I would be a big fan of Mickey Hart and it's ironic that Torona playing Kerry again this weekend but I would have felt that uh, I took a, a Ballyman underage Rage team twice two phases two 10 year phases Philly McMattens is probably the most famous guy from the first phase and then second phase will be um, when he was finished up with 21s was uh, we, Evan Comerford Paddy Small those sort of fellas were all on that team and um I suppose I would have felt in the second team we're a very strong team with, with those guys and a load of other fellas who played double and minor double and 21s and I would have tried to copy Mickey Hart with a lot of stuff like right. I would have copy is a strong word but certainly would have taken little bits and pieces about what he said and what he did
3: okay more more less on the tactical side is Correct. more yeah, yeah.
6: Okay. I, I, I think I have to say now I'm, I'm not that strong tactically really yeah I wouldn't right. feel that I'd be that and I brought in some very good people with me who are yeah so this year with Longford like I had Desi Slowing with me who'd be like I'd call him a master tech- tactician uh, like I'd say he goes to sleep at night thinking about formations <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, how to uh, how to, to set up defensively and offensively. Like, those sort of people are hard to get and I'd feel that I'm weak in that area. So you get in other people who are good at it, you know. So there's um,
3: more on the sort of leadership, man management type.
6: Yeah, I think so, yeah. And trying to get, I suppose, um, trying to get players to develop things themselves, trying to get leaders in the group themselves rather than trying to do everything yourself. I suppose I, I would have learned with Ballymon. I took the first team in 1996-97, t- that was Philly McMahon's team and I did an awful lot of stuff myself right. and I felt that was good and I was in control of everything and it didn't really matter about anyone else but the problem with that sit- setup is, and that system is, is that if you were ever gone then, because these things will happen someone could move to a different country they could move to mm. a different part of the world they could get sick, mm. they could die anything could happen and the thing about it is if, if that if there's not other good people around to carry it on it doesn't work Mm. so like I I would be a big believer in getting really good quality people in so that it's not driven by one person and then having players doing that players driving things and having them involved in it rather than you being sort of the be all and end all I think that's that
1: doesn't work long term You mentioned Desi Sloan there I know yourself and Desi were, were named on Declan Shaw's Coaching ticket for for the Mayo game. Yeah, that's right. No, Kevin, Kevin McStay ultimately got the job. But do you look back at that now in hindsight? And then hindsight's obviously twenty twenty. But with a bit of almost happiness that you, that obviously the Langford gig came about as a result as, as a number one role. So was it was it better in the end that it worked out that way? Or, or how do you look? Um, at it? I don't. It's not, it's not something I've
6: thought about mm. too much to be honest. With you. Um the the only thing was when I was asked for the time to get involved, I was finishing up with Tipperary, so like. I I done three years and I felt that it wasn't probably much more in me mm-hmm. with that. Um, just you know, just run out of steam with things and just wanted something different. So I I I, I, I threw myself in with that. But like, um, was I looking at the results afterwards, wondering whether it'd be good or bad to be involved? No, I, I honestly haven't. It worked out quite well for me because Desi Slime was one of the lads who was obviously mm-hmm. meant to be involved. Was on p- parts of the management uh, setup. Um, For well, the the one that was being drawn into the yeah, hat, yeah. and uh, obviously I ended up talking to him, and then mm-hmm. you know it, these things happen, just uh, little little connections like that, and like I said, you got him involved, which like like I feel has been a very strong addition to the to the whole group. So no, I like the, from a, from on a very practical level, that's just to travel and involved would have been yeah, absolutely monstrous. savage yeah, as well yeah. and don't get me wrong you do it particularly because you like doing it and that sort of thing but like Tipperary was a good out trip now sometimes like a lot of the time we were in Taurus other times you we were in Clonmel yeah. and uh, Feathered as well we started doing sessions in Feathered near the end of a new all-weather set up down there so like they're long trips and when I mean, you double them they become really long so I suppose three and a half hours to Mayo multiplied by two gives you seven like as a primary school teacher I know me basically <laughs> yeah. so like seven hours and then talk with you probably two hours on the pitch and um, maybe a meeting afterwards. That turns into mm-hmm. 10 hours nearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you have a job, like it's, i uh, principal of a school, so like it's not as if that you can just sort of say, well, look, I can
3: come and go as it please. You're not going to do Colin any time soon, are you? Uh, I, I don't know. Well, I, I could
6: be left with just a school job because you wouldn't know that no one might want me in the GA circles. <laughs> but like, it, and maybe know. the school won't want me either, I don't know. But no, like, know. It's, hard to, it's hard to manage all those things, there are little sticking points during the year and like with the Sigerson say in, with Sigerson in, say, January there and O'Borne Cup mm. and then yeah. you're back in school it's and it, it, there, it just, it gets to a point where you're just very, very, I felt at, at one stage that, thank God I've got good people with me because in DCU and the Sigerson team we have some great people, same with Longford and then with the school, the staff are great in there so it's sort of, those things can run themselves but you can't sort of step back forever and sort of say oh everything will be grand like you have to sort of mm. be still around
3: Parnell Park would be a much handier option for you
6: <laughs> <laughs> well no I, I'd say um, I'd say I'm, I, I've am i enjoyed the stuff with the smaller counties the so-called smaller counties and to be honest with you um, with, with people are, are always giving you a bit of stick over that how come you wouldn't get involved with Dublin or whatever that sort of thing but it's just one of those things it's just falling that way and Whoever whoever's involved they, they have a good crew of guys there but like for would you me, like to at some point it's an, it's another one of those like I've never a couple of people have said it to me but like it's not something that ever sits in me for some reason I don't know I, it's, it's it's a weird thing maybe I shouldn't be saying this but like I played for 11 years with Dublin then when I finished I went back and I threw me a lot in with Ballymone I sort of forgot all about mm. Dublin it yeah. was as if like I still would know the lads down there, and like John Costello is recently finished up. But like John would be in contact with me over the years, and be, he'd be uh, helping me with different things, things like that. So and I called down to Car- Parnell Park for to watch a match or something every so often, not not often, but every so often. And the lads will be talking to you as if you were never gone. But it's funny; it just—it's one of those I—I think the same happened with my old school. I, I was in a school in Ballymun for seventeen years, and then next thing it was gone. I was just bang. Just—it's as if yeah, like yeah. the shutters come down. You drive on, and you, you you drive forward. You don't look back. Maybe that's the type yeah. of person I am. But it hasn't really ever it hasn't come across. Even when with with, with double matches, people say, Oh, "Where are you sitting?" A lot of the time, I just—I I, be honest with you, I don't have the time. Yeah. But I'd I find myself just sort of watching a game, and I might every so often go out and go onto the phone or do something else. It's not as, I'm just not totally um, I'm the the Dublin thing sort of. When you finish playing with me, other fellas still are. I think there's other fellas of my vintage Mm. who are still sitting in the stand and still totally into it. Um, Mm. Me, me, I I suppose I just do different things in life and um, I put a lot into whatever I'm doing with DCU or the school or with Longford. But then I sort of just, the rest of it, I just sort of step away from
3: I think that might be to your advantage if you were to ever decide to do it again, to be absolutely honest. Uh, did we bring you in specifically to preview Dublin Mayo? I'm not so sure anymore if that was the case, but we better leave you uh, with a question about it and what you expect to happen. Yeah, um, I think
6: I'm, I'm fairly sure that Mayo are capable of beating Dublin in a one-soft game. There's no, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But if you were to ask me, if, I, if, if to put me five, me five euro, me ten euro, like I'd still be going with Dublin, simply because I, I have this very long-winded thing about the, the attacking and power and the scoring and threat, and I. I Sure, the Longford fellas always be sick of hearing me talking about it, about scoring and I always think I suppose it comes from your baggage, from mm-hmm. your own career. And we would have had difficulties up front. And I'm sure the lads in the forward line at that time would say that they had difficulties in the back because of me. But like I would have felt that we didn't score enough with Dublin in my career. And then I've always think, thinking of that I'm always thinking of that with other teams and so as with DCU and Longford and. I, supposed to come back to Mayo I just wonder on any given day if they've they a lot of possession will they convert like mm. because I know that with the likes of Cono Callahan and Paul Mannion and these fellas like you can't even be sure if they're all starting but like if they get a ball 20 meters out 30 meters out and they're one on one. They're going to go by their man, and they're going to go for goal. Like, mm-hmm. and you, you better yeah. watch out. Mm-hmm. I just don't know about like. I think Ryan is a. I don't know who there, with Mayo has that sort of a look about him. He's a bit of a buzz about him, and and Aidan O'Shea might blow hot there. And on the edge of the square, I still think a traditional sort of man on the edge of the square could win a ball and do a bit of damage. But there ifs. Whereas I think with Conor Callahan and and those type of players cost Costco, they're proven like I, I just can't if, if they get a lot of ball I think they're going to do a lot of damage yeah
3: I think it'll be an awful lot tighter than the other game if I'm being absolutely honest that we were previewing a bit earlier on uh, loads of comments coming in here uh, and I'll leave it on Michael saying that he's perfect for the dubs job in my opinion mm-hmm. very impressive band when you meet him and uh, I think there's a lot of that uh, same vibe coming in uh, real pleasure to spend the last 20 minutes with you. Thanks a million for coming. No problem, running. lads. Nice seeing you. It's uh, almost 9 o'clock. You're watching OTBAM, the sports breakfast show from Off the Ball. We have uh, still loads to come. Shane Murphy, uh, the Manchester City strength conditioning coach, coming in uh, in just a little bit. I want to remind you as well that. Um, Off the Ball is coming to the Cork Podcast Festival. It's the Sunday, the 27th of August in the Cork Opera House. I mentioned it earlier on. There are two amazing Cork names lined up for this. We can't reveal them just yet, but we will be doing that very shortly. And uh, you will want tickets for it. Don't miss out. Great night of Conversation and Crack in the heart of the Rebel County. Tickets at corkpodcastfestival.ie slash off hyphen the hyphen ball. And uh, we'll probably put that link up somewhere. It will be much easier for you to get access to it. Uh, We're going to talk about the Labour Party's plans uh, for the beautiful game in Ireland in just a little bit. The Labour Party leader, Ivana Bacic, is standing by outside... In a couple of weeks' time, the Labour Party are going to take a motion to the Dáil to call for more investment in football infrastructure, greater focus on gender equality and the introduction of a football programme at Transition Year. And to discuss that, I'm delighted to say we're joined in studio by TD, leader of the Labour Party, Ivana Bacic. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Adrian. Thanks Thank you for, for inviting
0: in. me on. My first time on a sports programme, so I'm somewhat apprehensive. <laughs> I, it is a bucket list thing and it's a, d- a delight to be in this studio. You have it made beautifully homely. It's mm-hmm. not like a radio studio at all. Good. That's, really nice. that's
3: definitely the objective. Set out your soul.
0: Well, in the Labour Party, we've t- we're have very serious about football, about the need to invest in football. My colleague Eanna Reardon has really championed this mm-hmm. issue for many, many years because we all know that football is the Cinderella of Irish sport, that there's been significant underinvestment if you compare football to GAA or to rugby, uh, significant underinvestment and yet it's the biggest participation sport in Ireland. You know, when you look at the numbers now playing and the numbers in particular of young girls and women playing and that's my particular passion is to see greater gender equality in sport so that's really why we in labor have come together to put forward in the drawl on the 12th of July a motion calling on the government to ensure you know significant ra- significantly ramped up investment in football and i suppose we're doing this on the back of the fai um, Strat- strategic plan that they've just recently announced where they're looking for a really substantial investment from government over 800 million over 50 Fifteen years, And they've set out a really clear pathway to reach, uh, to reach, I, I suppose, greatly enhanced infrastructure, both at grassroots level and at League of Ireland level, and then, of course, also at international level, where they're really pushing forward. So we're doing it on the back of that, but also because, of course, the I- Irish women's team mm-hmm. are going to be playing in the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. They've absolutely captured the hearts of the nation. I mean, I was so proud and so honoured to have witnessed them play recently in Tallinn, one of the qualifiers, Ireland-Finland in September, but to see the way that the games, both here and abroad, have captured imagination. To see my daughters, who've been playing for years, you know, to see how they and their cohort and younger girls again are just so um, in, so enthused and motivated yeah. by the women's team so I think now is the time for us really to call on government to change the dynamic, to change the dynamic in sports funding to ensure that football gets the recognition it deserves. Not to take away from other sports, I would hasten to add now Adrian but, but because we recognise the importance of sport mm-hmm. investment generally but it, the reality is Ireland has under in sport overall for, compared to European other European countries and football in particular is the Cinderella the poor cousin and we do need to enhance the investment in football because it it lifts the spirit of a nation it's huge, but it's also important for equality and inclusion not just for women to bring forward more women and girls at a time when you know only about a third of clubs have women's toilets I mean it's that basic Um, we heard from Lisa Fallon at a briefing we did this week in the Dole that you know girls playing soccer and I know it myself seeing you know having been a parent and a coach with FAI that you know trying to change on a field, trying to change uh, into your sports jersey on a field with no changing facilities. That's the reality of grassroots football in Ireland. So we need to change that. So we're calling on government to step up the investment for football.
3: Can I ask just about that specifically? Because there's a lot of what you say there that makes total sense that's inarguable around uh, the facilities piece for grassroots specifically. Where it starts to get more complicated for me is around the, so like you say, it was obviously an FAI uh, ask for the 863 million. I think the number was yeah. uh, to include investment, and you mentioned it there around the League of Ireland, for example. And I know um, uh, Labour talked a little bit about uh, the investment in a football industry and the the bringing Champions League football to Ireland. It's the first bit I totally get around grassroots, encouraging kids to get involved, encouraging yes. girls to get involved. What's the angle for Labour around the League of Ireland piece? Specifically?
0: Well, I think the reality is that what motivates children, boys and girls, to get involved in any sport is to see it on the big, on the screen, to see it uh, being taught, to hear it being talked about, to have it within the culture. Like I say, the wim, the success of the women's team has not only brought more young girls in our academy in Larkview FC, where I, my my daughters have played, um, you, you know, the academy is now growing massively. We're seeing five, six, seven year old girls coming into play because they're hearing their parents talk about women playing. They're seeing women playing on the, on the TV. When my, one of my girls, you know, was, was five or six, I remember her watching a a game with me on, on TV, one of the, you know, the men's team game and saying to me, why aren't we seeing, why are the, where are the women playing, playing on the screen? So I think you have to invest at all levels. There's a synergy between them. You can't grow a grassroots unless people are seeing success or, you know, or at least investment in the international and of course League of Ireland. And again, there's been significant underinvestment there. I mean, you know, if you look at the, the League of Ireland stadiums around the country, you can see that. You see in Richmond Park and in Shakur, you know, where we've gone... Um, numerous times you know we've we've only got the Aviva or Lansdowne as I prefer to call it in my own constituency and we've got Talla and we've got Turner's Cross but they're the only three stadiums out of 40 in Ireland that are football that play football and that have in the top 40 so the the underinvestment and you you can't bring forward grassroots sorry Adrian, you can't bring forward the grassroots I think without also investing or being seen to value football at other levels Can I ask you about that specifically because I think
3: that like I It's inarguable that outside of some of the grants that you've mentioned, some of the League of Ireland grants need big time investment. I would understand why the FAI might be looking for for money for that. Like I think one of the things we saw post-London 2012, for example, was this promise of legacy that if we build this Mm. thing and we make Mm. this investment, that there will be this great legacy. I think that we should stop talking about that as a thing, to be absolutely honest, because I don't believe for a second that... I think that people will be inspired, for example, by the Ireland team being at Australia and New Zealand. But I think there are much more important things that could that can happen, that need to happen. That I think that the likes of Labour and and government parties need to pay more inten- more attention to, and certainly have more investment around uh, in relation to the grassroots piece. But on the League of Ireland grounds, bit specifically. I don't think it's true to say that if we make investment in League of Ireland clubs and facilities, that it's suddenly going to result in a big groundswell of of uh, they, they need attention. <laughs> yeah. so, so I don't want to be make, I don't want to be seen as making a point that they shouldn't be invested in. But I think they shouldn't be conflated with a point about trying to grow grassroots football or encourage girls to get involved.
0: Well, I agree with you, of course. It's not a silver bullet or anything like that. And, you know, when you have such a basic issue as girls' toilets not being available in, you know, in two thirds of clubhouses, well, that that's absolutely right. That's the priority to tackle, is getting the grassroots investment in place. But I do think the FAI are right in their strategic plan to identify it as a three-pronged approach that you do also have to invest, along with grassroots, in League of Ireland and at international level, bringing up the training standards and so on. Because, you know, we We've exported all our best players for so long. And and again, it just, I think, is symptomatic of a lack of valuing of the game and a lack of valuing of the players. You know, it's only seven years since the women had to strike to get pay parity at, at, at the international team. You know, that's the sort of undervaluing that I think diminishes support for a game and, you know, and has a knock-on effect on the numbers coming into it, even at that very young age. And I do think we're going to see, you know, there's undoubtedly, it's undoubtedly the case, we're going to see a massive influx I think of, of you new girl of girls and women coming into the sport as a result of the World Cup this summer. summers no doubt about that so it does have a knock-on effect it's not automatic and I agree with you that grassroots should be the priority but I think you also do need to see investment at League of Ireland and at international level
1: you you referenced it so football being like the Cinderella of, of, yes. of Irish sport which is fair enough I, I do think there are a lot of other sports in the country that maybe see themselves as the Cinderella of, of Irish sports so how do you how do you stop this becoming I guess to the detriment, this investment in football uh, as being to the detriment of other sports who, of course, want want a lot of money themselves.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair, you know, and certainly we'll be addressing that in our motion, that it's not going to be a zero-sum game. We're not saying level down, in other words, you know, reduce funding from everyone else. Far from it, as I say. And again, I think the FAI have been very clear, and I've talked to them about it, in their strategic plan that they're saying, you know... overall sport funding in Ireland is too low. Let's bring it up more generally. Let's bring football up to the level of other sports like Gaelic and, and rugby. And certainly, you know, I suppose there's been that historic um, disparity in treatment because for so long GAA was the official national sport, mm. if you like. You know, the ban um, until 1971 for Gaelic play, play players in playing Gaelic to, be, to play soccer. Soccer football seen as the garrison game traditionally, you know. So there's a class and a sort of national um, issue here about the playing of, 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 of football and yet it, remained, it it has become the biggest participation sport. It's hugely important across so many communities. Investment in football is about investing in many cases in bringing up the level of uh, advantage in a community that might be disadvantaged because traditionally it's been a working class game compared for example to rugby always mm. seen as a middle class game. So you know these, these are the issues that in labour we're interested in exploring in our motion but it's not about investing in football at the expense of other sports sports, far from it. It's about trying to ensure we have a better sporting infrastructure across the country because it's good for all of our health and I speak as somebody who as a child hated team sport never played team I think I made it as a sub in the minor F netball team in my secondary (laughs) school but you know I happen to have sporty children and it's so important to to keep kids in sport, particularly teenage girls you know, that we we have that investment, that we have that basic infrastructure changing rooms, toilets, Mm. you know a valuing of women in Sport—the the difference it makes to go and see the women's team play in Tala is incredible. To see the crowds, mm. to see the investment in Tala, and it's super to see the final—the final stage yeah. of, of the stadium finished. You know, it's a brilliant stadium, but. But, you know, to go and see teams playing in sort of substandard stadia, to see lack of facilities, that, I think, just demotivates children and adults from playing.
1: How do you convince people? So I know Aon or I think, had put forward a proposal similar to this in in, in June of 2021, or certainly a couple of years ago, these kind of ideas were being uh, mooted. But for people who are sceptical, maybe, and and say, that you know, obviously coming into election time, you know, these are populist policies that everyone is going to agree with. But how, how do you then, I guess promise to those people that you know, these, these things are still going to be pushed for and, uh, and promised, you know, after elections.
0: Well, look, I don't think anyone could accuse Aon of being a fair-weather football <laughs> fan. And, I, you know, I have to pay tribute to Aon Arir Don. Clearly, he's driving this, you know. He, our sports uh, spokesperson, Mark Wall, Senator Mark Wall also. I mean, we have so many people in our parliamentary party who are absolutely passionate about football. You know, I'm thinking of Michael D. Higgins, of course, <laughs> our great president, who, as a Labour TD, and indeed many years before he was a TD, was hugely involved in Galway United at the at the, the night Michael D was elected in 2011, the Galway United team all came up to Dublin to, to celebrate with him. So, you know, we have a long track record of support for football at grassroots, at League of Ireland and at international level. We're very serious about this. Aon produced a football manifesto for Labour in the 2020 general election. He tells me we're really the only party to produce a manifesto on football. So we're, we're coming to this with a long track record. We think the timing is right for the motion because of the FAI strategy and because of the World Cup performance. Obviously, you know, it's a good Time, but we are very hopeful, Shane, that we'll have cross-party support. And indeed, we're we're seeking we're seeking, uh, we're seeking a, res- a really positive response from government to this because we do think now is the time for investment in football. The FAI has really, you know, cleaned up its act, may I say, on governance. You know, there's it's really impressive to see how they're investing now in in uh, in girls and women's football in particular, and you know that's paying off. You see the incredible role models like Vera Powell, like the great Abby Larkin, who I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting. You know the These women um, really, really need our support, and I think this is the time for us to be looking for cross-party support in the Dáil. And we had a briefing in the Dáil last week. We had Lisa Fallon in, we had others in, and uh, um, and we had uh, TDs and senators from all parties there who were hugely supportive of the of the principles behind our motion. So you know, it's not this is not a populist Mm. gesture in any way. You know, I would hate, hate people to think that this is about trying to consolidate support for investment in the biggest participation sport in Ireland.
3: Do the GA get too much of a share of the pie?
0: Well, look, you know, I, I don't want to annoy any GAA fans and I want to give a shout out to Ranella Gales who are the fantastic big local club in my own constituency. And again, my kids have played with them. So, you know, there's huge grassroots investment and participation in Gaelic and it's fantastic to see. But again, it's not a zero-sum game. Loads of the kids who play Gaelic, um, you know, during the week are playing soccer at weekends and vice versa. So I think it brings every sport up when you see participation. Again, I see it with my own kids speaking of somebody who wasn't a sporty kid, that if you're involved in a sport, you're going to be involved in more sports, you're going to have an interest in sport. And most Gaelic fans I know are also also watching football, often Premier British Premier League football too. So I think, you know, yes, traditionally Gaelic was of course the favoured sport, that was the national policy, you know, until relatively recently. But I think now we're seeing a recognition that you can play of course you should and can play both types of sport. You can also have an interest in rugby and another, even in cricket you know, we're seeing yeah, cricket taking on a new, uh, um, a new new fan base in Ireland as well, so I think I think investment in sport grows uh, in, in a sport tends to grow uh, support for for sports and participation. Could you do anything municipally
3: with the with the? Because I know Jerry McEnany, when he was talking about this, yes. the FAI president did talk about it not just being. One code, I think he referenced, are not just one sport either. Is there some way that this could be harnessed in a in a way that because, like, I see every community sees it where you have amazing facilities in one sport in this area, and there's absolutely when the, when communities are working together, those facilities are used for all sports. But yeah. that's not coming from the top down.
0: Yeah, that tends to be a more organic thing. And yeah. I've talked to Jerry about this. He, he and I share a Cork background. I spent some years living in Cork as a child. So, um, so you, you know, I think that's right. I think it's 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 more, you know, we have to develop a system where we are um, sharing sports facilities. And again, in the F- the FAI plan talks about, you know, trying to do that when you're doing the, when you're when you're investing at international level in training, mm-hmm. that we should have a national football training centre, like, uh, you know, that, that that could be a shared campus, of course it should. And Abbottstown, that was the great uh, ambition, of course. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's some scepticism, I suppose, among many of us, about you know, the big ticket items. And I think that dates back to the days of the Bertie Bowl oh, yeah. and so on, we you know, and there's again. a little yeah, so I think there is a bit of, unfortunately we've become sceptical about investment in big sports facilities and yet when you go to Tallar, when you see the investment there, and you know, I'm old enough to remember the development of land, of land, of what I'm still calling the Lansdowne Stadium, you know, so it does make a big difference, and Croke Park, of course, is a super facility, so you know, it does make a difference, makes people feel much better about the sport and about, and I think it does encourage participation to see investment at that level too, it's While again, you know, the grassroots has to be prioritised.
3: One last one for me, just because you have uh, mentioned a lot about equality and the uh, equity of access to facilities. Um, And in a week or a couple of weeks where we spent an awful lot of time as a nation um, discussing how the taxpayers' dollar is uh, getting Mm, spent, the GA, I think, get uh, 20 million or thereabouts um, in state funding a year. Um, and I ask specifically, in relation to the conversation that 's come up the the threatened action from the LGfa players mm. Komogi players um, around the lack of um, n- not getting enough money for expenses and the various actions that they 're taking and there 's obviously an ongoing conversation in relation to the integration of the various organizations. Like there's a very easy step here with taxpayers' money that the GEA could um, preempt all of those conversations about the integration and step in and do something about this. In the sh- like, It's not a situation that's tenable. And I wonder if there's a way with taxpayers' money that's already been spent on the GEA specifically that the government or that somebody can step in and say, can we preempt all of that stuff? This It's very difficult to make a case against doing it it's just figuring out a way yeah. to do it but i'm just conscious because you did speak a lot about like yeah. that equality piece this is a real live uh, uh conversation and it feels like there've been sort of you know players have been left out to Look after themselves here.
0: Yeah, what we're seeing with the LGFA is very, very similar to what happened with the with women's foot with women's football some years ago. As I referenced the strike and the PFAI support for that, which was really important in getting pay equity there. But we're seeing, I think, across all sports, women looking, women seeking, and fighting for equality with men. And that's it's. I think it's hugely positive to see that. I do think the GAA should respond, and, and I think they will very positively to it. But I agree with you. I think. Do you think they should step should, in and
3: and and find a way? They've just had a, a, a bonus round of preliminary quarterfinals that would have delivered millions. They're going to have yeah. another bumper weekend at Croke Park this yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. There is a way to make a, a small. Gesture that would mean a lot in the meantime. Do you think they should do that?
0: Yes, I do. Yes, absolutely. And I do. You know, in our motion, we're going to. All, I think they should anyway. But I also think in our motion, I know in our motion, which we're finalising the drafting of, we're going to be referencing how you ensure gender equality cross board You know, are there are there mechanisms from the state side, from the government side, around funding stipulations on funding, for example, that could be used in that way? But I do think the GAA should step up anyway. And I think you know, it's been very positive to see the FAI and see pay equity there. It's, hu- it's hugely important. Yeah but again it's it's also about um it's it's not necessarily about the stick as well it's about the carrot it's about you know ensuring that there are there's capacity in organizations to bring forward um new players and young players and investment in diversity generally i mean you know i wanted to give a shout out to david Rake who's been works for the fai and brings forward girls football at at, at, at school level and that that you know to have an individual working on the ground bringing forward he he helped us hugely we set up a, a girls a club inchicore girls as it was and now now merged with Larkview FC in Kimmage but you know we got huge help from him particularly and from the FAI in starting up a girls club years ago and it's that kind of stuff that keeps people involved and and uh, you know and supports giving parents like me a chance to do coaching courses you know that's yeah. the kind of stuff that really helps as well as ensuring pay equity for, uh, for women playing at a higher level but it's about you know ensuring parents and particularly girls uh, and children feel supported and you know I think across all sports that's really important yeah.
3: Well I think like we talked about the Women's World Cup in terms of optics, I think what's going on with the Komogi players and the LGFA players at the minute is embarrassing to us as a nation. Yeah, I think people yeah. of influence need to call that out, and we need to do more to uh, quickly solve it. It's it's an embarrassment.
0: Yeah, so, and the GAA um, do need to step up. I think yeah, you're right. All
3: right. Well, look, we're going to watch this space. We've also reached out to the Minister for Sport, uh, Thomas Byrne, to come onto the show and lay out the government's plans. I guess to get a response to uh, that your would be own great. Let's well. hope so we can. Let's hope you hear from to, him uh, soon. To go yeah. on, uh, Vanabachik, thanks, William, for coming in. Hopefully, uh, the first of many, and we'll watch this with progress over the next few weeks and beyond so thanks a lot for coming in I'd
0: be delighted to come back thank you for inviting me a few
3: you. highlights on the OTP podcast network today uh, you can check out our uh, uh, road show with Vera Pau and the girls in green at the Match House during the week an absolute bumper show uh, quality content there podcast uh, available now League of Match Day uh, with Stephen Doyle is available there and Rory O'Connor was in uh, conversation with Nathan on the show last night Johnny Sexton's potential uh, well his definite disciplinary hearing upcoming Over the next couple of weeks was a big part of that. Now, after the break, we're going to speak with the Manchester City and Scotland performance coach Shane Murphy. And during the break, a clip from the latest episode of the Hurling Pod, where the four-time All-Star defender Paul Murphy says that Conor Whelan is one of the most difficult corner forwards to mark in Hurling. The Hurling Pod, uh, uh, by the way, live, is off to the Borgash Energy Theatre in Dublin in July. Uh, You are invited. We're going to be joined on stage by... James Gale and Paul Murphy of course as well as special guest Joe Canning who will be there more hurling legends to be announced very shortly we'll debate the 2023 season of course preview uh, the final at that stage as well it's July 20th it's the Borgosh Energy Theatre it's exclusive off-air event tickets are limited uh, so don't delay you can head along to offtheball.com forward slash events and even if you needed more reason to head along or tickets there all proceeds are going to go to the Dylan Quirk Foundation and Focus Ireland Get your tickets now, help support those great causes, and Borgosh Energy, our proud sponsors of the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship. We're back after these.
5: You're listening <laughs> to OTB
4: AM.
1: 22 minutes past nine on OTB AM, and that is Adrian, that is not myself. You didn't just get him on an accident <laughs> overnight. <laughs> um, delighted to have Shane Murphy in the studio with us. Shane, you've been in, you've been on with us before. Yes. Uh, I'm very yeah. sure. Are we going with performance coach, sports scientist, fitness coach? What's your. Uh, it's just preferred?
7: title, I don't really care. Yeah, yeah, yeah performance yeah. coach is probably more accurate, but. I don't, it's a title. So for people unfamiliar
1: with your with your story or maybe didn't hear the previous chat I know you were on with Jaron no Owen before um, what exactly is it that you do? You've been working with, with the likes of Manchester City and, and currently the Scottish National Team as well. So what, what
7: does the the job entail? Yeah, I, quite, I ask myself that question every day really to be honest because it's changed so much. I, I left it was very very concrete in my mind what I was doing at Man City. It was a strength and conditioning coach, a support scientist and then I, I left there and I i set my own company so now I find myself as a consultant with City Football Group which is responsible for the development of Manchester City's loans players who are not quite good enough for the first team but mm. too good for the academy so I'm responsible there for their development and that's a whole host of a conversation and then uh, with the Scotland team is preparing them for um, all the games they have in preparation for like European Championships or whatever we've got coming up and then I think what you've probably noticed a lot is happening in the industry now is uh, footballers are getting external guys to help them out. So LeBron James did it in the NBA, and some people, and Ronaldo has done it in the, in the Premier League, and so on. Is that that's cascaded down to other individuals? So I find myself as the team behind the team of certain individuals that play in the Premier League and and the Scottish Premiership. What have cropped up recently?
1: I know the, you were involved with the Scottish setup, Steve Clark's setup, when um, Scotland played Georgia recently, and the yeah. Pitch gets a bit waterlogged and then the rain starts coming down. And I think Scott McTominay standing in the, in the tunnel at one point, looking down the tunnel, and the Georgian players didn't want to come back out. So uh, you probably had to be kicked into gear at that point, where there's a delay. Players' muscles are getting tight. Yeah, how, how do you cope with a situation like that, where all of a sudden you're you're landed with something that you weren't really expecting pre-kick
4: off?
7: Yeah, exactly. It was such a weird moment or a cool moment as well. Like it was quite a challenge because. I think in, in normally speaking, <clears throat> you have just fairly binary what you do. You warm up the team, and then you know x equals y, and everything happens kind of like uh, um, periodically. But that, in that moment, call off after six minutes never happened before. Players didn't know what was happening. Players were talked about, oh, it's going to be postponed the next day, and they've all got plans to do whatever they need to do. So they're they're emotional. They're you know like reacting to it. No one knows what's doing. The, the is delayed every fifteen minutes, and you know it's, yeah, like you said, you're you're trying to manage the physically kind of low. You're warming up. You. I, I I think we warmed up four times in that in that moment because exactly. it, it got it was actually an hour forty minutes uh, after the kickoff, like where well, uh, the game went on. So it was it was a quite a long delay, and it felt like that in the changing room because you also had Georgia who were trying to get the. It seemed like they didn't want to play because they're one nil down als- also, which doesn't help. Um, so yeah, it, 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 but it was more about the mentality and keeping the team together because in that moment, what happens a lot of people is c- you hear this thing called cognitive decline, so they're not. 25-year-old professional athletes at that moment. They're four-year-old kids. You know what I mean? So yeah. their kind of emotions are, are really high. So it's just keeping the team focused, keeping them in in, 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 in kind of in, in a plan, I'd say, because we were given, oh, you got 10 minutes to warm up and the players just wanted to go out and just do you know, anything for 10 minutes but if you do that it's a long time to be standing around you know what I mean warming up you need to focus you need to t- so it was just kind of making sure it was a process and keeping them together and then you know kind of doing that but a, a lot of staff helped in that moment and some of the players are real leaders as well so they just took control of that like you got the, you got the skipper Andy Robinson he's just he's a natural born leader and he just kind of takes control of that situation as well so there was a lot of people helping out in that moment but it's certainly about just sticking to a process and just keeping the emotions intact
1: it's funny, we were chatting to the Roscommon senior football boss, Davey Burke, who was in the studio yesterday, and something he said that, that kind of struck me, it was they had obviously planned for the Connacht Championship, that opening game against against Mayo, and really focused on it, mm. then, they, then they win that game, of course, but he, he's almost, I think he was wondering out loud yesterday, did, did a focus on that in preparation for a, a certain date maybe hamper the, 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 the rest of the season the, you know, do, you, do you get the workload right mm-hmm. later in the all Ireland Championship are you know, players tired and it's tough to find that balance and I guess there's, there's psychology and all that comes into this as well but have you found that there is a, it can be difficult for teams to kind of find that balance
7: and peak for a certain period and keep peaking at different yeah. points it's very, yeah, because you can't always peak, and football is this, and, and other sports are like this, and, and GA like this as well. You've got to peak every Saturday or every Tuesday, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you've got, um, say, Olympic cycle, you've got to peak at a four year, so it's a bit more, you know. So, yeah. how do you. And if you look at the, another thing is, like, if you look at the team of the week every time in the Premier League, it's never the same team. So, people are peaking, you know, there's, there's an undulating individuality to the peaking as well. Not everyone's peaking at the same time. So, the idea that a team peaks is probably. And mm-hmm. you know, it's probably just something we talk about, but it's not actually not that you want your best players peaking at that time. So it's a difficult thing to understand, but the more you understand of players, the more you understand of the individuals, and having a goal and having a focus, I think, is the number one thing, you know, because there's so many things that factor into this this idea of peaking but in a group team like that it's always the individual so you don't just look at the, the the forest you try and then you look at the individual trees and you pick them out and you make sure that they're on the right plan they have their individual things intact and i think the psychology and the event will will will, will get there if you if you do that right i think you get the basics right i think there was a question it was a philly mcmahon was asked
1: it recently someone brought it up about you know who is fitter a gaelic footballer or or a, or a Soccer player, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and I know it's it's like you probably can't really compare them, and I think Philly's point was they're just different body shapes. They have like Gaelic footballer has to be slightly bigger to take the big hits in the physicality of the mm-hmm. game, whereas a soccer player probably, as he said, has bigger calves. Like you look at the likes of Jack Grealish because mm-hmm. of the the athletic uh, athleticism and, and and kind of niftiness of soccer. Do you have an answer on that in terms of which which is the fittest, or is it just one of those questions you can't
7: you yeah. can't actually answer? I think his first point about uh, you can't compare them mm-hmm. is the is the thing. Like they're so so unique, they're so different. There's so many things. Like it's a rabbit hole, really. It's a, you know to go down. Like, um, really, if you could try and compare, I think it's. But also the players within it, like you've got players, yeah, like Jack Relish really. who's got big calves or whatever. But that's. That's not the whole picture. Like you look at uh, Maris, same team, different side of the pitch, or same side if you want. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's no comparison really. And, and the point, I think the ultimate point you said, you can't compare. And there is no one size that fits all. If you look at football, I, I look, I'm not going to discuss about GA because it's not my mm. remit and I, I would never pretend to be an expert in that. But uh, football, football is definitely the one sport where you have, even in positionals, you have such a disparity between between yeah. profiles look at strikers over the, over the course of history. we could just name them out like Peter Crouch Michael Owen Dwight York Sergio Guerrero you know what we could get to we could keep going you know what I mean You could and, and you list them all in the room and you'd never say they're all strikers maybe there is um, um, a, a less of a between, um, discrepancy between discrepancy between centre-halves and maybe goalkeepers but even still at that, you look mm. at, you, know, you can name them, right? So I think football is that one sport that the profile is less important. You know what I mean? What it does maybe allude to is kind of how they play the game and what profile or what physicality they uh, helps them play the game they need to play. But yeah, there's such a difference and, yeah, there's no profile. And it's sort of the robustness sort of thing. Just, oh, I like that sort of robustness of, say, a GA player. It's sort of different to how we would consider robustness in, in an argument of robustness for a footballer. Yeah. Because the robustness of a footballer is like, it's not about muscle mass or size or anything like that. It's like, look at the games they have to play. The amount of games a Premier League footballer, like Kevin De Bruyne this year, could have played 75 games. Yeah. Like, that's an incredible amount of games. You know, It's too much. It's way too much. But still, robustness is kind of a funny term. It's very hard to kind of get clear clarity of what robustness means. Because does robustness mean how physically how strong you look or muscle mass or does it mean how many games you can get out in a season how injury prone are you that kind of thing so it's, a, it's so hard to talk about it because it's mm. such a you need like a whole podcast on it's it really grey area, yeah, yeah. it's such a grey area but football is certainly one sport that there is such a variety of of athletes
3: Slightly less uh, scientific question for Shane, but the mention of Jack Grealish has me thinking about the homecoming celebrations. Does being a consultant get you a spot in the bus?
7: Uh, no, 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 not quite. I can't, I can't claim any of that, uh, unfortunately. But um, I'll be over there next week, so I'll, I'll see the trophies. I might get a picture with them, but uh, no, I wasn't, I wasn't invited. That and you're wasn't...
3: watching uh, the like minute by minute sort of Jack Grealish celebrations and he turns up somewhere yeah. else having a few jars in him because yeah. uh, I know he addressed it out didn't he after one of the England games he said oh, like why am I getting asked about this stuff all the time I've been playing for like 11 months or 11 and a half mm. months give me a break Are you? Um, what are your thoughts on all that is it like it's a natural end of season letting off a bit of steam or could you mind yourself a bit
7: um, I think it's individuals I think there's some players now that like back in the day and even I remember when I first started in the Premier League, players would finish the season and get really unfit and just completely yeah. unwind. Now we see a kind of a different cohort of players. And, and maybe, and Tony Strubeck made this argument, he's a, kind of a legendary C coach, he worked with Man-, Man United through the years. But he made this point you know, maybe we they don't switch off enough, you know? So maybe there's an argument that they need to switch off. Because most of these players finish the season and okay sometimes they have to keep working because they may have international duty we had it with some of our players that played in the championship that they wanted to keep them ticking over until they met up with guys like Lyndon Dykes and 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 Kenny McLean and those kind of players who finished championship early and they had an international duty so they had to keep continuing but you have it now with there's so many summer off season pre-season you know pre pre Pre-season kind of um, camps, we'll say. So these players are looking after themselves all the time, and whatever. And I do think they need to unwind. Yeah. And it's an individual thing, but now it's it's so like um, blown up and talked about, and there's memes and all this kind of stuff. You know, he's just letting loose for a little bit. And I was like, I mean, he's want the treble. He's, you know, I I think do it. And if he's yeah. if he delivers next week, doesn't get injured, all that kind of stuff. Then you know, who's to say he's wrong?
3: What advice have you got for the likes of us schleps who are sort of like uh, playing a little bit of whatever it is, like 5 aside, or just yeah. is it totally uh, incomparable? We're more the Jack Grealish letting his hair loose. <laughs> yeah, now yeah, than, yeah. Uh, than Don't put me
1: but. in the same bracket. You. <laughs> you know, hold on a minute here. Well,
3: you're probably a good target audience for this because Shane plays, uh, you know, keeps his light under a bushel here, but he's like you you know, know, he? Man yeah. United's one of yeah, top yeah, yeah. Uh, top striker. Right. What, what advice yeah. or any advice for people who are just tuned in, who like a bit of casual sport and would like to keep on top of that stuff?
7: Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few things. Like, I, I think the first thing to, to identify, and this is all age groups and all, all things, I think you have to identify what makes you a, a good player. You know what I mean? What makes you a bit better than everyone. Because I think there's this tendency for everyone to kind of get well-rounded. And if you even look at the elite, right, and just take it of no, there, but no elite footballer is without their problems of their game do you know what I mean there's, not, there's always something that doesn't make them a good player if you could you just look at their characteristics of heading of tackling whatever it might be pick a player identify some weaknesses in them. they'll always have the weaknesses but it's the strengths and it's the things they can do that make them the player they are so I think you know, in an amateur level whatever whatever your super strength or could your super strength be I think you just need horn on that if you want to elevate yourself a little bit further I think it's having a USP you know having a unique selling point about you that separates you from the rest because um, you know, when you get to sort of amateur level, everyone's kind of the same. Some players are a little bit better, like, but in the grand scheme of things, there isn't like a superstar. We say, okay, there's maybe a superstar relative to the other players on the pitch, but to, to break away from that league to get up to the higher leagues or improve your game to another level, you probably need to just separate yourself from the rest if you know what I mean and I think you do that by developing you know whether you're a good crosser or a good finisher or a good header just get better at that thing I think that would be the first thing from a technical point of view to, uh, thing. but then the, the physical side of things it's really interesting, like people like in football, do you remember when COVID happened and everyone was doing individual training and everyone got really fit? Like super, there was some 5K times going out there that yeah. would beat world <laughs> records, right? But everyone got really fit, okay? And then they came back to their environment, they're back playing football. Yeah. And the only metric that went up was injuries. Yeah. So they lost this kind of specificity of their training which is really, really important. So if you're doing conditioning and you're trying to get fitter for your game, you always have to have the element of the game within it at some point. Yes, okay, 5K run and mass runs and all these kind of things do help to a point, but there's a diminishing gain once you get past a certain fitness. Like if you're a... If you're a footballer that's a good runner, and then you keep running to get you know because that's your strength and you're going after that, I would say you need to deviate from that. It's kind of a counterintuitive point to my first point about the technical side of things, but on the physical side of things, you have to ensure that your training is somewhat specific to the game. And I think that those two things, if you if you get those right, I think they would they would help your game massively. It's
3: yeah, good, sir. you taking notes over there. <laughs> Literally mental notes here. Yeah, whatever help you can get. Yeah, you okay. talk about the big lad up front, Chey, that's my, what
1: Oh, that's it. Five K cover time hasn't quite uh, been. <laughs> been reached since but uh, yeah. well, hopefully, hopefully get back there someday yeah. Yeah, yeah. are you a yeah. flick on man or are you a finisher, or what are you? Uh, finisher, up, finisher. Big, big man up top stick it up high <laughs> oh. crouchy
3: over there crouchy right. over there crouchy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah 100% but I've got a next league of Ireland striker beside me is this the smaller guy so it's smaller kind of like, guy. Oh, okay. that helps making you look good yeah,
3: makes it, yeah, makes it, it helps. <laughs> you know? Shane thanks a for coming in again and we Any can catch you down the track thanks a lot um, it nine thirty-seven 9.37 AM almost uh, wrap for today I'm on Monday show uh, Shane is going to be alongside Johnny Ward it'll be the Gillette Lab Performance rankings and we'll reflect on the weekend's GA course. Shane, I don't know what are what are your plans for the weekend?
1: I'm nervous. I'm actually, would you believe if Someone said earlier on, Shane loves obviously be at the monomatch. match. I rarely ah, miss a mono match. Ah, I booked a trip away ah, to, to Ennis for this weekend. I booked it a long time ago. Shane. I did not expect, I did not expect this. Deferred, deferred out, uh, and it's going to be a GA go job. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. It's, there's no. i no, no, no a little refunds. bit disappointed. I know. I'll be watching it and listen. Semi-final and final. I'll be there for.
3: Anthony Miles, Keith Higgins uh, will reflect on those games on Monday. We'll have plenty more as well. Have a fantastic Friday.
2: AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.